Trash. Trash. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the We Speak English Good podcast. Today's guest is Alex Berg of the American Winer podcast and from the band The Primitive Shine. Both of those links can be found in the show notes. You can also check out the new album by Raina Mystique. It's uh, 1018. We are super proud of it. I wrote a few of the tunes on there. I did not record any instrumentation on there, which is a big misunderstanding that I'm that I'm noticing in uh <laughs> in the real world here uh, with friends and, and contemporaries. Um, I did not play on it. But go to R-E-I-N-A-M-Y-S-T-I-Q-U-E.com and check out 1018. It's on the Spotify. It's on the title. It's on the YouTube. It's on the, the Apple Musics and and all everything anywhere you get music so go check that out uh, also check out the we speak english good.net website it has been redone revamped so we speak english good.net it's uh it's pretty exciting over there you can share the podcast on any anywhere you want share it download it share it, whatever chop and screw it whatever i don't give a fuck uh, <laughs> talk about it on your podcast <laughs> Which is what Sam Harris always suggests. Um, but you can also rate us on iTunes. That always helps us. Rate rate the podcast. Leave a comment. Uh, and you can also write the show at wespeakenglishgood at gmail.com. Tell me what you're thinking out there. Let me know. Follow me on Instagram at wespeakenglishgood. Uh, also on Facebook at We Speak English Good. So we're everywhere. You can find us. Um, that's it for now. Let's. Oh wait, I'm so sorry. I just want to plug. This weekend is the Bob Marley Birthday Bash at the Ottawa Tavern. So if you're here locally, come down to the show. There's going to be. Uh, it's a super jam. So we have band members from uh, the Funk Factory, Green Acre Session, uh, 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 Decent Folk. Boogie Matrix, Buzz Anderson Project. And if you're a Toledo native, then you probably know who this is. Or at least if you live in Toledo, you know who these people are. If you don't, who cares? But anyways, it's at the Ottawa Tavern out on Adams Street this Friday. So come check it out. There's tons of performers. And uh, we're I'm super stoked. We had a rehearsal. It was amazing. And then Green Acre Session is this Saturday. Oh my god. I, I don't even know the date. So this Friday uh, is the February 8th. Uh, for the Bob Marley Super Jam, and then Gas, the Green Acre Session Band, is at Ye Old Dirty Bird this Saturday the 9th. So go check that out if you're in Toledo or coming through. Um, okay, so let's get to Alexburg, and uh, I'll see you on the other side. What's up, Alex? How you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing all right. I'm so sorry that I'm late. I, I'm moving, I'm moving shit out of a room into another room. So I'm just like my whole house is just in disarray right now. It's just complete chaos over here. Uh, do you not have a podcast room? You don't. You do your podcast in a different spot every time. 
<laughs> I I do that. That's exactly yeah. So, um, I've gone completely mobile now because I live in my mom's house. Um, she doesn't live here. I always have to throw that in. It's a disclaimer. Uh, I don't live with my mother, but I do live in her house, and all of her shit is still here. So, so it's like. It's literally like a, a like a like a, a museum of my like my childhood. It's just like I'm so now I'm moving all this shit out. Uh, my um, my dad used to have his own office, and it's just this like shrine to the Three Stooges. And, oh wow! And, and he has like thousands of videos of just I mean just movies, but then he has all of this like Three Stooges memorabilia, like little dolls and beer and sign photographs and shit and and so like it's pretty much the way he left it before he died so it's just i'm going through that shit right now and it's i mean it like half of it's nostalgia and half of it's like i'm like why the fuck does he have like four pairs of crafters magnifying glasses like these are (laughs) these are glass these are glasses with like magnifying lenses on it that have like lights on them and shit and it, it he has like four or five pairs of them. I don't know what he's doing, man. Are those Three Stooges? Realize that that's Three Stooges memorabilia, the magnifying glass. I'm not familiar with. <laughs> no, it's uh, not. But he has. But he has. No, it's not part of the memorabilia. It's actually just it's just shit he has. So it's like uh, Three Stooges stuff, and then just like a hoarder's nest. It, it is. Oh, okay. It, it, like both my mom. Nothing wrong with that, you know. That's that's. I think that's cool, actually. Man. You should go through some <laughs> stuff and like see. See what it is, you know. See if, if if he's got some like rare stuff in there, and you know, I mean, you probably don't want to sell it, but I mean, just just to know what you have might be kind of cool, you know. Well, I I'm doing that, but I'm also just um, I'm just not the type of guy anymore to just want to hold on to things. But my mom is, so she'll take this shit to the grave if she could, and um, I I, I just. I, I moved here from California, so I had to actually go through my entire life and throw most of it away. And so from that, I, I've kind of learned to like just sort of let shit go because I had that same emotional attachment to to things because I'm sure I learned it from my parents. I was like, I don't. Do you have that kind of emotional attachment to just things? Oh yeah, definitely. I, I uh, mine is books. I have. Uh... I, I'm I'm in my living room right now, and I have two shelves full of books. And when I moved here um, about two years ago, there was only one shelf. So, and then, and in fact, the both shelves are completely full. They're all out of room. I'm stacking the books on top of each other. You know, they're not just lined up neatly. And then I have other books strewn about the rest of the apartment. So, so and then I have I have like drawings and stuff that I did when I was a kid. So yeah, I completely sympathize with that. I, I, I have stuff that I'll take with me. You know. Oh shit! Yeah. So, so Alex, you're, you you kind of got the hoarder gene going on. Yeah, I mean, I I guess it depends on what it is, but yeah, right. I, I definitely can I can sympathize with that for sure. No, me too. I, I I absolutely am the same way. Like I when I was a kid, I ha- used to have all my fucking all my like Spider Man characters like lined up nicely. I I had I had some in the box still that I wouldn't open. You know, like I just I would collect like these comic book things, and because I collected comic books, and and you know I was a little little fat nerd, so like I had my little order of things, and and my mom still has this shit, and and I felt bad because I was like, mom, we just need to get rid of this shit, and she's like, oh my god, why? I I'm saving this because I thought you kids would want this, and I'm like, 
none of us want your shit. And actually, I've had these awful thoughts of like when you finally do die, that I'm gonna be the one burdened with all of this shit. So really, you're just burdening us. And and I felt bad for telling my mother that, but it's something she had to hear because it's true. None of my siblings want this fucking shit. So I mean, I. I I, like the Three Stooges stuff, I I, I don't know. I, I'm just going to put in a box for my mom to sort out with. But, like, some of the other shit is just, like, ugh, garbage, garbage, garbage. Oh, uh, yeah, it's not. This is. is it? I mean, you know, it's. it's but first of all, dude, are we are you recording right now? Or oh, are we yeah, just I'm so sorry. Yeah, we're in it. We're doing it. Oh, okay. I wasn't sure, man. That's 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 totally fine. Um, But I was I was going to say, yeah, I, uh, I, uh, as far as your mom, like, you know, burdening you or whatever. Like it's, I guess it's, first of all, it's different when you have a house, right? Cause like, I mean, an apartment is one thing, but like an entire house full of stuff. And then the other thing is like, you know, when you're cleaning your room or whatever, and you have the, that one like little item, like I'm looking around my, my living room right now. Like I have, I have my, this thing called my box of stuff. And it's just this random collection of things that I, I, I've kept, that I don't have a place for any anywhere else, and and I I finally dug through it because I I hadn't looked in, in it since I was in college, and I just been randomly adding things to it, and it was actually really cool. I got like this tape recorder, this old tape recorder that was in there that had a bunch of stuff on it from when I was younger, like songs and and like I recorded pieces of this play I was in my senior year of high school, and. Uh, and it, that was really cool. And then there's like stuff that I would, I should be hanging up on my wall. So I hung, hung up a bunch of stuff on my wall that I had in this box. And, and so it's, it can be pretty cool when you're, uh, when you have, um, you know, when you save that kind of stuff. But then other times you're like, like I threw out, I had like two whole trash bags full of like paperwork. It was like, what did I think I needed this, this sheet from, you know, from, from like, from when I was in college, it's like a, like an orientation. It's like, what made me think I would ever need to read this again? <laughs> uh, so yeah, I did throw out quite a bit, but every now and then, like, I mean, I, and, I mean, if you end up going through it yourself or your mom or whatever, like you're going to, I guarantee you, you will find stuff in that room where you're like, Oh, not only is I, I see why he kept this basically, you know? Yeah. Like, so, so that's my opinion. On it. No, <laughs> no, you're right. You're right. It, and it is cool because I, I left here for 13 years i left fucking this whole region for 13 years and so coming back here is just i mean it's still like very surreal to me like it's still very surreal to come back, like walk outside and there's fucking snow on my car and shit so it's like <laughs> i mean it's still <laughs> yeah. it's still like sort of sinking in and, and so going through these boxes is like yeah it's nostalgia but like i was, I was just telling my wife it's like because she asked me she was like would are you getting the, are, are you in the feels are you like are you feeling anything and i'm like yeah i'm feeling annoyed that i have to deal with this <laughs> bullshit <laughs> and, it, it, and i used to be very sentimental about things but ever since i like van lifed and moved across country and fuck it you know like ever since i did all that shit and purged all that shit like i i i've i actually am i i fear getting too much bullshit again and and even in even instilling that in our son which will um will will every few months when the toys become overwhelming we'll just like throw that shit away or give it to the goodwill and we have him pick out his toys just so he shows that we could show him is like hey man this is just stuff this is not going to keep you warm at night this is not gonna you know this isn't this isn't gonna love you back it's just stuff 
So we just toss it, and that's kind of how I see stuff. Now, musical equipment, on the other hand, is a very different thing. I mean, I would hold on to a broken amplifier for fucking 10 years with the thought of... I have one. I have one. I have a tube amp that hasn't worked, and I, I had it in college. It's huge. It's a B-52 half stack. I've been lugging it around. I have not used it in literally almost a decade. Exactly. It is not easy to move around, and I just cannot bring myself to get rid of it. <laughs> I can put plus. Well, that's different. I mean, like, I mean, well, maybe not too different, but like, I mean, musical equipment. You spend the more money you spend on something, that also has a, a major, right. you know, effect on the decision as to whether or not you're going to get rid of it. But like, I mean, I've, I've, I don't think I've ever gotten rid of a guitar. I only have four mm-hmm. guitars, but um, but uh. Like I can't ever conceive of getting rid of one. I mean, I, I hope I never have to sell them. It's it's kind of sad to me. Like when, especially an instrument, you yeah. know, yeah, you kind of get attached to it the same way you get attached to a girlfriend. Almost. Yeah, it's yeah, totally. Like a family it's like, oh man, all the songs I've written on this thing, and and it's it's like I know that instrument in a very intimate and uh, and special way. Um, and uh, if I ever had to sell it, it would be, a, I don't know that I would uh, shed tears over it, but I would definitely, it's like when you get rid of a car, Yeah. you know, like when, when my cars died, I've, I've had two cars uh, die on me. And I remember watching the last one, it was a Honda Civic. And like, I watched it get towed out of the parking lot. And I was like, oh man, you know, all the things that I did in that, that car, you know, all the places <laughs> I went and the people that were in it. And- yeah. That so all the memories getting towed away, but <laughs> you know it's interesting. I kind of have that weird nostalgia for shoes. It, it, that's kind of weird, but it's that same kind of like, well, man, I like I climb like fucking a mountain in Hawaii in these fucking shoes. You know, like I did like cool yeah. things in these shoes. And shoes are so disposable anyways, you know, like they're just meant to wear until they're worn out and then you throw them away or whatever. So it's like yeah. it's a very disposable thing to kind of get weirdly attached to but yeah i'll just throw all my dad's memories right into the fucking garbage can (laughs) (laughs) well yeah but it's like if you well first of all shoes i'm the same way i have uh a pair of shoes that i bought in 2015 i i absolutely hate getting rid of shoes too for the same reason it's like oh man i went i went to la and for the first time yeah i walked up to you know i was at this particular cemetery i stood in front of this person's grave in these shoes you know and uh and so i i completely completely get that too i guess i'm i guess i was wrong i guess i i 100 it's not a it's not a a guess as to if i have the order thing i definitely have it so i touched back what i said earlier because everything you've mentioned like oh not only do i like identify with that but i have stuff that i can look at right now as i speak that uh that that proves that so no i i i it's i i'm the same way i was what the fuck what do you think in our lives would make us so attached to inanimate objects <laughs> like i don't know like what happened to you that would cause you to be like so attached to things that are just sort of sit there and i i mean like where does that even come from what's missing i, I think it's just I think it's just the memories, man. Yeah, like, I, I mean, like so. I was saying, you know, like the shoes that I, I, I refuse to get rid of that I had. <laughs> Another thing, man, is like, it can be like these periods in your life where you're like, I got, I bought those shoes right after, like when I was feeling like, like it was a not a good time in my life. And I feel like if I get rid of them, I'll be like resetting it or something. And I might, you know, my life might, might take a turn for the worse again. So maybe there's a little superstition uh you know inserted into that but it's also the memories like i mean i i i have this like 
you know, weird fascination with celebrity graves. And I went to all these celebrity, like I stood in front of Marilyn Monroe's grave in those oh, shoes. Yeah. And, and things like that. So it's not to mention all the, the other memories, you know, the more, the, the less morbid memories that you have, <laughs> um, you know, I've just, you know, with family and friends and, right. and, and doing things and all that. So I wish I, if these are the only pair of shoes that I've, kept because all the rest of them i was I've, I've moved around so much back and forth from living with my parents this is the first place i've had them by myself mm. and uh if I, i'm sure if i uh if i'd had a you know if i'd gotten this place you know back before i bought the shoes from 2015 i would be i would be keeping all my other shoes too in fact i'm i'm sure they're still at my parents house somewhere <laughs> i i know my mom is the same way it sounds like it's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's your mom she doesn't like she never throws anything out so. oh man how, how what was your dad like that was your dad did he have any- uh he's kind of he's he's um i would say not not any uh, any way close to that extent but uh he's a photographer he's mm. he's a uh, a news photographer so he was always about like documenting things in pictures or video Oh. And that was his way. That was his way yeah. of like hoarding things. He would hoard the 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 photographic evidence of it. Um, yeah. But he's not so much attached to to like like drawings or you know shoes or anything like that. <laughs> there, I sometimes I'll um, uh, well I used to do this back in the day because I used to be like three hundred pounds. I was like three hundred twenty five pounds in high school. And then I sort of carried that weight off and on. But I moved to California and lost all this weight. But I held on to all my fat boy clothes because I was unsure <laughs> if I was going to stay skinny. And sure enough, fucking a couple years later, after I met Raina, I fucking got fat as fuck again. Oh, shit, <laughs> and like I was grew right back in there. I, I luckily I've sh- I shut it off and I've been able to kind of keep it off. Although I do fluctuate because food is my drug. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I was gonna say I saw a picture from the pictures I've seen. You don't look you don't look fat. So, no, I mean, I, mean, I got yeah. Well, I got a gut, but I mean, whatever. I don't care. I'm in, I'm in the and Midwest so now. Yeah. Just a, how how old are you? I'm 35. You're 35. Yeah, dude. That's just, uh, I'm 32. So that's something that just happens, I think. <laughs> yeah. I'm a, I mean, I, I give up. It's like I, I moved to the Midwest. Having a gut is just part of like being here. So I'm good. I'm back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> California, it's harder. I'd imagine it's harder to, uh, to, you walk around and you're like, God, everybody's so fucking beautiful. Yeah. And, then. But in the Midwest, you fit, you're like, man, I, I look good. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I was saying. I'm a Toledo 10, son. <laughs> I'm a Toledo ten. <laughs> Watch Toledo. out, bitches! <laughs> oh, oh man! So you're uh, born, raised Detroit? I was born in Columbus, actually. Oh, I, I, lived, uh, I, I have no memory of it. I, uh, okay. I lived there until I was two, and then my my this is my dad's words. He said, "We got you the hell out of there," <laughs> um, and uh, and moved you to Detroit. <laughs> and we moved to Detroit. Yeah, and I've been here since then we, we lived in birmingham then we lived in troy and then when i was eight my parents uh built a house out in south lyon and that's where i spent the majority of my life they still have that house um and i've i've moved around I've, i lived at home on and off until i was uh how old was i 30 and uh and then i moved to i'm in uh, a small town outside of uh with uh, novi that uh it's called wixom um and i've been here for a couple years now and i and if when I moved out of this place, I don't know. I'm I, I might I'm not sure where I'm going from here, but I'm I, I like it here. So oh nice. We'll but yeah, I'm, I've been I've been a Michigander my whole life. I've only been to Canada. I, 
I've been my young younger brother and my sister moved to LA a couple of years ago, and so since they've been out there, I I finally went out and saw the West Coast. Oh, um, nice. but I mean, I was thirty. That was the same year that I turned thirty that they uh, that they uh, moved out there, and um, so I didn't. I'd never spent west of Kansas City mm. up until then, um, and uh, yeah, so. Uh, you, you, I like you, Michigan. Michigan will always be home to me. Well, yeah, man. I was born. I was. I grew up in Michigan. I well, I grew up in Adrian, Michigan. Um, oh, no kidding. This, my sister went to college there. Oh, God. nice. Well, it's. I mean, I guess it's good for that at least. Um, uh, <laughs> I, I like it. I, I don't. I, I I thought it was classy. You know, like it was. It, it was cute. I mean, it's cute now. Like when I was growing up there, because I actually grew up a little bit south there, called Jasper, Michigan, which is like, bleh, like, like fuck. Have you ever seen Gummo? Do you know that? I know. I don't think I've ever watched it, but I do know that there's that picture of the kid eating spaghetti in the yeah. dirty bathtub. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So there you go. I mean, like, it's just uh, that that took place in like. Um, Zena, Ohio, which is like South, uh, East Ohio, which is like basically West Virginia, which is where like, but like Jasper, I, I feel like it's just an extension of, of that. <laughs> so like, it's just, I mean, it's gross. Like the last time I bet I went there <clears throat> and the first time I took my wife Raina to, uh, to see it, there was just some guy walking through a fucking cornfield with a shotgun and he was just waving like, hi, <laughs> I, was oh my God. Like, I was like, yes. Fucking a of uh, Jasper, Michigan. Anyways, enough shitting on Adrian and Jasper. But yeah, so I I'm I'm actually from Michigan and then moved to Toledo when I was a teenager. So it's like so I, I got that Michigan vibes going on, man. And you know what? Honestly, I would prefer to live in Michigan currently, just because you guys seem to be moving more uh forward in 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 progress and stuff. Yeah. Uh, so they got the new weed laws and and uh, and uh, it, it, I I think it was a blue state this year or last or the election I don't know yeah yeah we got uh, we got all of our um, the governor and the attorney general and everybody is uh, is Democrat now and, um, and and I'm not even trying to champion Democrats or anything like that but like here in Ohio um, I don't know it they it was a swing state and it's red. But and, and like I kind of see like the mouthy white people who like to drop n bombs and and f words and I don't mean fuck yeah like I like <laughs> they just say that shit like it's okay like no problem like and, and it's it, oh my god and my kids go to school with these kids other people that you know like, it's weird it's weird it's weird but I have I'm sorry I'm very caffeinated I hope you don't mind me being all like obnoxious no man I'm, I'm drinking I'm drinking a freaking Kool Aid burst right now so. <laughs> That's awesome. So, so where is there? So you said your dad was a photographer. Where did you get uh, music? Where did that come from? Um, I mean, I uh, well, he played guitar. I mean, he, he still plays guitar. Oh, okay. I, I, he had a guitar, and then he he would just never like seriously or anything, but he would just pick it up and you know make up songs about us and we, me uh -huh. and my siblings, and we would scream and, and tell him to stop, and you know, but. Uh, <laughs> uh so I, I always had that around and, and he was actually he, he continues to be pretty good at it i don't i think he always just played it as a hobby but he's got this really nice like it's a it's got to be almost 30 years old now because he got it and it, it might actually be pushing if he got it in the 70s it'd be 40 it'd be a 40 year old acoustic oh, guitar it's a yamaha and it actually sounds beautiful it's an awesome tone nice um and so he played that, and you know, I was always around music. I remember when my parents got their very first stereo. I was five years old, 
and they got it was CD and it was 1991 and they uh they got three CDs they signed up for like the CD club through the store or whatever I don't know what store it was if it was a record store or whatever but they got um REM's out of time uh a Patsy Cline greatest hits and the Eagles greatest hits and I remember them putting on the REM uh CD after they set up the stereo and listening to the the opening chords of a uh, radio song and and my siblings and I would dance to shiny happy people and put on shows for them. And, you know, we danced to like the dark wing duck theme and, and <laughs> things like that. And, but I wasn't, I was when I was a teenager, I had, I, my friends, uh, you know, they played guitar and, and we had the whole, you know, uh, Oh, we should start a band. And so I started, uh, uh, guitar lessons. My very first lesson was on, uh, September 11th, oh my God. Uh, like the September 11th. And, <laughs> the uh, for, September 11th. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I remember driving out to, to the lesson because my parents, my mom was like, I don't know if they're even going to be open because of what's going on, but the, for some reason they were. Oh. And uh, so I had my first guitar lesson then, and, and that was kind of it. I, I took lessons for maybe a year and a half. I didn't really... And then I, I liked it, but I, I realized pretty early on that like, this is going to be, if I really want to do this, I'm going to have to do it at my own pace. Mm. And, um, and then it just kind of started from there. I was, I was, I would have been 15 then. And, uh, and then I was, took me a couple of years to kind of get it, to get decent enough at it to, to know what I was doing, um, just as a hobby. And then I started, I wrote my first song when I was 19 and started writing shitty poetry on MySpace and, that was kind of the that was kind of the genesis of it. It's it just kind of snowballed from there. I got you. So there's not really a lineage in your family other than your dad kind of just pissing around. It was just sort of the something in you, and you just like music. Yeah, I I kind of was like I I never even really thought about it that way. Like I didn't really think about um, you know anybody being musically inclined. And I'm just like racking my brains for some. I haven't. My mom's brother is an artist, like a, a painter, and he lives in Seattle. Um, but other than him, I don't really have any, but everybody else is, you know, like they're all, they all have their interests and things like that, but, um, nobody ever like played in bar bands or anything like that. Um, it was just, uh, it was just, a uh, something that I wanted to do. Cause when I, you know, you turn 14, I remember the friend that, that, uh, that gave me the, uh, or that one of the friends that I wanted to, was going to play, supposed to play in a band with, and we never did, but, uh. Um, he gave me a tape with uh, Nirvana and uh, Ozzy Osbourne and um, and ACDC and Eminem and Day and it was that was kind of like the intro to like what was cool and then of course I had my own musical taste by then that I picked up from my parents and and just the radio because I did listen to the radio but like I remember my very first favorite band that I I like found on my own and that I really liked was the Goo Goo Dolls hmm. um, and I. I still like them. Um, they're a huge guilty pleasure of mine. I, I think <laughs> they're stuff in the mid nineties and like they had at least three albums in the mid nineties, including the one with Iris, which is the song that everybody knows. Right. Um, but they like the, 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 they wrote some good songs. Um, but, uh, and then I like Blink 182 and I, I remember Lincoln parks first album came out and I, I was all about that. And, and, uh, and yeah, so, uh, so I, I just kind of had this, I'd found all this music, you know, on my own and through my friends. And I was like, I really want to be able to, to, you know, at least try and do this, uh, you know, come up with my own stuff that is. Um, and so that's, that's kind of where it started. I didn't really have any sort of, um, familial, uh, 
you know. Yeah, nobody. Like I mean, they were supportive. Don't get me wrong. Like, yeah. they, they, they were the ones who, like, I used my dad's guitar at that first guitar lesson. Oh, and nice. then they ended up buying me an acoustic guitar when I was in college. And that's the one that I continue to, excuse me, write on uh, today. It's sitting right next to me right now. So, right. Um, so yeah. So, so you, uh, what did you like join any bands then? Like what, what was sort of like your, uh, sort of, how I actually didn't do anything until I was, I chickened out. I had people ask me to jam. I wanted to sing. Like that was my, I would sing in the car. I taught myself to sing as soon as I could drive, I would drive around and, and sing along to system of a down and Pearl jam and stuff and, and the fray. And, uh, and it wasn't until I was in college that I real that I like felt confident enough to actually go out and do things. Um, I remember I did an open mic night when I was, oh man, it was at the Plymouth coffee bean. I can't remember how old I was. I was probably like 20, 21, somewhere in there. So it was a good five, six years before of me just, just kind of dicking around on my own. I remember I could, I, when I first realized I could sing and play the guitar at the same time. Where like I would play a chord and like match my voice to it. I, I learned uh, "Across the Universe" by the Beatles, and that was probably when I was eighteen or nineteen, and that was an incredible thing. So I was I was like doing it, and, I, and my parents had a sauna in their basement, and I would go down there and practice because there were no vents, and I could be relatively loud and not disturb anybody. Oh, um, wait, so did and, you say uh, a sauna? Yeah, so, uh, sauna. Yeah, Damn, I that's. Sauna. I have this weird way of saying it. But, no, uh, no, yeah. no. It's all good. Like I just wanted to make sure I heard that correctly because that's dope. <laughs> I wish I yeah, had a no, sauna in my basement. They, they fin when they finished the basement, they put, my dad built a, a sauna in there. That's the only like, like, uh, interesting thing that's down there. The rest of it's just the, you know the There's basement, but storage. Uh, yeah, yeah. But um, I was picturing but, um, this like luxurious fucking finished basement with a yeah, sauna. No, that's and the thing. Like, I tell people about it, I'm like, and they're like, "Oh, you, it, it sounds like you're rich." And it's like, no, no, we just have it. My parents like built it themselves, and it's like it's like the size of a small closet. It's not a it's not a room or anything. Um, uh, that's awesome. But anyway, yeah, uh, yeah. So I would go in there and practice, and I I remember like. So I was like 18, 19, and then I didn't start playing with anybody until I was 22. That was when I was in my first band. And, um, yeah, I've been in a couple bands, and I've never had any, uh, you know, any. I've never toured or anything. It's always mm. just been a cool thing. This has basically been a, a really involved hobby for me. And to be honest, like, I, I've i kind of picked it up again recently, but I go, I've gone through phases where I won't touch it at all, like, I, like publicly, you know, like all – I'll, um, <laughs> I'll, uh, you know, I'll, I'll play around on my own. It sounds like I'm talking about something else right now. Oh, no. Uh, well, you uh, walk away for a minute because, you know, maybe it just, uh, I, it's fine. You're like, that's the thing about like music. People who play is like, this doesn't have to be your life. It's actually like probably better that it's not your life. <laughs> <laughs> no, I found like because I mean, of course, when you start out, you're like, oh, I want to be Kurt Cobain, and right? Of course. Then the 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 more you you do it, the more you're like, I really just like I hate playing out. I'll be honest, <laughs> I, I, like playing live shows, I get absolutely no enjoyment from it. I haven't done that in years. What what about and it? Do you hate about it? Just the it never sounds. You never sound as good as you do when you're practicing. Mm. The whole lugging your stuff in and then lugging it out again setting up the whole goddamn thing it's just wow. i'm sure it must be great if you're a professional and you're on tour and everything and you're so comfortable in front of people that it's like you're playing in your basement or whatever 
Um, but for me, I just never, I've never played a show where I walked off stage and was like, wow, I fucking killed it. I've had better shows than, than others, you know? Right. Um, but, uh, I just, I've never had a show where I was like, wow, that really, like, we really killed it there. I, I, I guess I'm, I'm just my own worst critic is what it is, but, um, well, that's, but, uh, that can be healthy or destructive, but I mean, it sounds like you kind of are not comfortable with just being in front of people and playing music as well. Yeah, it kind of depends. I mean, like I, I do, um, I, I noticed that I tended to enjoy my, my acoustic shows a little bit more than the full band ones, just mm. probably because there was less to do, mm. you know, like I would, it's just me and the guitar. Right. But yeah. then like I was in a band called the whiskey pilots where all I had to do was sing. And th those shows were actually a lot of fun because I didn't have to worry about playing guitar. I could just show up. I would help people load in, but none of the stuff was, was my, you know, was my responsibility. Right. And I would just get, get, you know, have some drinks and go sing. Gotcha. And, uh, and so that was, that was fun. Um, but again, I just, I remember one time I passed out on stage with the whiskey pilot <laughs> at the Bullfrog. I, I did a lot of screaming in that band oh and I, I don't know how to scream properly. Right. And my breath support wasn't correct. Uh... And I remember I was, we had this song called you bore me and there was this really long scream, uh, in the, like towards the end of the song and I remember I, I remember like counting off in my head because the song built up to it. And I remember thinking like, okay, one, two, three. And then I, the next thing I knew, I was sitting on the drum riser. I'd fallen into the drums. My drummer, <laughs> his, the snare was basically in his lap. And the band is still going. And my, one of my guitars sat, had sat down next to me. And he's still playing his guitar and he's yelling. He's like, are you all right? And I remember... I, I still had the mic and I said into the mic, I said, let's fucking do this. And then I, I did the scream and it sounded okay to me at the time. But then after I got off stage, one of my, my guitarist girlfriend was like, oh my God, that sounded so bad when you, oh. did the, when you finally did the scream. So I've had some, you know, cool memories or whatever, but I mean, it's, uh, again, I, I just, I haven't done it in years and I, I, I would need to, you know, something would need to happen. I'd need to have a reason to go do it again rather than than uh, just, you know, just do it to do it. Because I, I still record and everything, but I haven't played out since 2015. So almost four years now. Hmm. Well, you uh, you have the your project, and I'm, I'm I'm is this just you the the primitive uh, uh, the primitives? What is it? Shine? Yeah, the, primitive the primitive shy. Shine. Yeah, no, I picked the, I, I I picked the most confusing name possible. I, <laughs> I uh I yeah that is just me it's, okay. it's me and uh like it's me primarily and then I I have other people like the the bass player that I use for it he's the same guy that I've used he also played in the Whiskey Pilots mm. um but I've all always used him if I use if I need a bassist like I would you know there's I found the perfect guy so there's no as long as he's available there's no reason to try and find somebody else yeah. Um, but then, like, I mean, these, this past EP that I just did is just me because, you know, being an adult, it's really hard to get people in a room together to rehearse. And, yeah. And, uh, and I, I wanted to do a full band for this most recent EP and, and, um, it just was, it just wasn't working out. And I was like, you know, fuck it. I want to get this done. So I, uh, just went ahead and, and did it acoustic solo. But, uh, but yeah, it, it is that's my project. That's like my solo project. I started it in 2007. Um, 
and that was like right before I joined my first band, my first band. And, uh, we, uh, and it's just kind of come and gone. We've, we've, we've been a four piece. We've been a five piece. We've been a three piece and it's been, and then for the past couple of years, it's just been me hmm. uh, recording. So, so, so yeah. what, what was your last EP then? Cause the you- most recent one I just put out last month. It's just the, the acoustic one and that's called back to browse. Ah, um, with the ghost. And, uh, so what's that? With the ghost on it. Yeah, yeah, with the Halloween decoration. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Uh, so, so you were just like, I'm just gonna put out an acoustic, something intimate. I didn't even get to this album. Uh, I was listening to a few of the other ones, which is a little bit more heavier. It's a rock. Sh- it's it's rock music, right? Like, I, I yeah, yeah, it's I alternative indie I'll, kind of stuff. Yeah, <laughs> it's rock. That's that's all I had. Sorry. Um, so. So this one, you were just like, I'm going to strip it down just just out of sort of like just because no one else was kind of available or you were just you didn't want to deal with all that bullshit. Well, I just I was like, I'd, I'd already told the guy I wanted to record. And he's uh, he's the if you're familiar with the Ark in Ann Arbor. Um, yes. He's the sound guy for the Ark. His name's Joe Giza. Oh, nice. And he also tours with uh, with other musicians. And he's, you know, so he's not always around to uh, yeah. to, to record if he's out on the road um, and rather than just continue to wait, like I was, I'd originally done these scratch tracks with him last spring and with the intention of giving the scratch tracks to the other people in the band and letting them write their parts for these six songs. And, uh, and I, I did send them out, but then uh, I would try to get rehearsals scheduled all through the summer and, and it just, it, it, people weren't getting back to me and it was just kind of this, it just seemed like the interest wasn't really there. Yeah. And I, and then this fall rolled around. And, and be, to be perfectly honest, I was going to wait. But then the fall rolled around and I was like, you know, I'm tired of I'm tired of waiting and, and, and things. And so I'd rather just get these songs down. Another main reason for this is because uh, I've I've written I wrote all these songs in my 20s and I organized them into these albums and these EPs. There's 10 EPs and 10 uh, albums. And yeah. I just wanted to get them down and it like to just so they exist, wow. you know, yeah. in some form. And mm-hmm. so I'm going to do these next, um, the, like the back to browse is, uh, acoustic. I just started another one with Joe yesterday and that's going to be another acoustic one of six songs. And then I want, before he, he's going on tour again in April. And, and ideally before that happens, I'd like to have another one done another six song EP, uh, done acoustically before he leaves and then if i you know if i can get another band together after that because i've got all this new material and i and you know maybe more people hear it or something then uh then there's a little bit more of a reason to get people together but if not then that's fine too the goal is to make it exist wow. that's what i've realized it's yeah. the goal is to make it exist so uh, that that's really I, I i love that it's like you want to do it just for the sake of getting it out just for the sake of doing it is like like even if it just stopped there that's okay with you and like yeah, and mean, you I, have I, I, all these like because when i was looking i was like jesus christ he, he fucking busy like because it, it and the recording sounds solid it's like where are you recording what how do you do it yourself what's the well, I did. I'm the. I'm recording with Joe right now, and he just has a um a studio in his basement that he uses. It's really it's perfect for what we're doing. The yeah. acoustic stuff. It's really cozy and warm. Um, and then I did Pocket Symphony, which is the full length. I did that at Pearl Sound, which is in Canton. Um, I spent a ton of money on it, and um, I had uh, 
I had the owner of the studio check out Casey and played drums on it, and he mixed and mastered it. And uh, one of the uh, studio techs, Josh Karpowitz, did most of the uh, recording. And I had um, uh, one of the first people I played with, actually, way back, even before I was in a band. Uh, her name is Melina Marie, and she's a uh, she's an artist in her own right, and she she writes songs and everything, and has her own uh, you know following and, mm-hmm. and things like that. And she uh, she played keyboards for that. So that was kind of a nice full circle thing because I started playing with her back in 2007. You know, like I said, when I first started, just just not for anything like serious. We were just sort of like, hey, we're we're both starting out, and you know, we're both kind of you know at the same level here. So we might as well just see what uh, what we can come up with. And we jammed a couple times, but nothing it never really went anywhere. So it was nice to have her playing keys on that. And then Mike Saint Antoine, the bass player, was on it, and uh, then I did all the guitars. Um, and then the first three, the first three EPs were done, uh, at a, it's uh, called Plymouth Rock Productions and it's in this uh, old church in, uh, in Plymouth, Michigan. And, uh, it was with a guy named Ben Blau, who's, uh, uh, really well. Basically everybody that I've worked with since Ben knows Ben. Oh. Uh, and he's, uh, he's a, he's a music producer and, and he does, he teaches it. I, I don't know if he does anymore. Um, but he he uh, he taught it at uh, community college and then uh, another college, and um, he's in fact a lot of the people that I like Josh Karpowitz I know studied under Ben and I think Joe Joe might have I don't know if Joe took Ben's classes but he definitely knows Ben. Um, so and though I was really happy with those EPs especially because you know we were all in our mid twenties then, and uh, Ben really helped us out and uh, he gave us a really good sounding. Uh, you know, re- result. Um, and we, and it was not, uh, it was not expensive for, for the result that we got. So yeah. I very much appreciate that. That Yeah, that's awesome. Oh, dude. Like, um, me and my wife just put out our EP like a couple weeks ago and the amount of it's, we spent more money on mastering than we did actually capturing the fucking audio. And like, we love how we captured the audio. It was recorded out in, uh, San Diego, I got to shout them out. Kitchen 2, Tim Felton, Surefire, Soul Ensemble. They're fucking incredible. Um, but they, uh, but yeah, like very little to record, but a lot to get mastered. And then, you know, then all the things that come with it. We just got our physical copies today, actually. So, yeah, man, that can get expensive. Uh, that can get real expensive. And so it, that's that's fucking dope, man. But uh, but that's really cool that you guys, you know, one of the things that, because you mentioned it's so expensive and you guys spent more on mastering than you did on the actual, like, recording part of it. Oh, my um, God. One of the things that they, like, especially at Pearl, they're like, dude, like, like, I'm so bent on just getting this stuff down that even they were like, you know, a lot of professional musicians will like spend a couple grand just on one song. Yeah. And I'm, I'm like, dude, I do not have that kind of money. So I just want to get it down, you know, but I completely, if, if you have like, if that's your focus or whatever, then I mean, the better it sounds, the better, better off it is. Right. So for sure, so whatever it takes. we, we really wanted to do it right. And, and we went through Tim's guy, Tim, uh, and the guy we, I think his name is JJ gold. It's gold mastering. He's fucking awesome. He's done like, uh, he, he did like the Sharon Jones. He's done a lot of the Daptone fucking oh, records. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, he's done. Uh, he did like Devotchka. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with those guys, but uh, yeah, I've, I've heard of them. Yeah. Ton, ton, and a ton, and a ton, and a ton. And he specializes in analog mastering. So all of our stuff was recorded onto tape. It was all analog. Yeah, that's what Reina was telling me. I yeah. think that's awesome. Good for you guys. Oh that's, man, well, I, I would like to do that sometime. Oh, dude, it, it's analog. it's fucking tits. But it's like, but like to get to, but it's expensive as fuck. But luckily, yeah. fucking Tim Felton exists in the world because because he does make it affordable for all musicians and and um, for most musicians. I mean, like I don't know what he charges everybody else, but I know what he charges us, and I know. I know that that is a lot. That is undercharged. So whatever, whatever he's asking for, he's worth like way more than that. So, um, anyways, yeah, no, it was awesome. So we we're very fortunate to be able to record that way. But like, once you like go to the next step, it's like, oh fuck, whoo. Um, so seven hundred dollars later, you're, <laughs> you're, which which is insane because seven hundred dollars is not that much money for an album. Um, uh, or or to master now. I mean, that's not a whole lot of money when you look at, it, but it is for us. And it, oh, gosh, but yeah. it, compared to what it costs to record it, it was probably like five hundred dollars to record it, and then seven hundred dollars to master it. So it it was it was it threw us off. But you know whatever. It, it, like we were we're very happy with the product. So and that's yeah. All. And, and you know, kind of like one of the things that I think because I mentioned I waited so long between when I started playing and when I actually reached out to people to, to do things have you ever seen uh so dear to my heart no it's a I disney haven't. movie about a <laughs> no. it's it's like a mary poppins thing where it's half animated and half it starred burl ives who everybody knows is the snowman from <laughs> yeah. uh, rudolph the red-nosed reindeer and, and the kid who did the voice of peter pan at disney was in it oh okay uh, but th- there's a song and it. it's it's what it's what you do do with what you got that counts mm-hmm. and uh i remember that was playing and I was playing in the sauna because my <laughs> siblings were watching it out in the in the uh, the the TV area. Yeah. And uh, and and I was like, oh, that's totally true. Like I could just do whatever I want. You know, it's it's what you do with what you got. You know, exactly. so at the time all I had was the the one guitar, and I was like, well, hey, I can make this work. And mm-hmm. and so my point is, like, the way that you record it with what you have available to you or what you can afford kind of becomes part of the art of it. You know, mm, yeah. you're like, hey, I mean, like you guys deciding to do it analog, you know, that's a stylistic choice. And that that's a major that has a major effect on how it sounds after totally. it's done. Right. And it's and it's it also is kind of the aesthetic that you want to go for. Right. Like that's what you want to be associated with. It's, exactly. You mentioned Sharon Jones and the Dap Kings. And I, I, I totally hear that kind of you guys are kind of in that uh, that wheelhouse. Um, too. you have other things going on, but I, I hear that in it. And um, and so. That, that works with it. It's like, you know, I mean, it's Jack White, you know, from the White Stripes. Yeah. He, when he came out, he was, he was doing that and using a lot of analog tape. And, and at the time it was this real stylistic choice. And, and now it's kind of become more, um, you've seen more of it, right. which is a good thing, I think. I think um, so but I've always recorded digitally, you know, I've, I've, I would love to record analog. Um, but what I had available was digital. And so, you know, but like with this particular EP, I'm just using, it's just an acoustic guitar and voice, but then Joe's got all these really nice mics that we're using. And then, you know, at Pearl sound, I had a way more, you know, Josh would be like, Hey, let's try this amp for this guitar on this song, you know? So it's, it really is. It all becomes part of the, it's not just how the songs are written and the arrangements that you put into them, but it's the, it's how it's recorded too. that. And so that, that, uh, 
that's part of it. And, yeah. Um, that's really cool. So, yeah, man. And, and like, it was crazy. Cause like, we've never even like, we've always wanted to do it like that, but like, we never, we've never done it like that. So we didn't know really what to expect. And I remember the first time I came after the recording, cause they did the sessions and I came back, came to the studio and just heard the playback. And I was just like, we can never record. We can never record digitally again. <laughs> we're, we're fucked. We're fucked. Well, that's what it was. I mean, that's how it started, right? Like that's what they. That's like when the first time. I mean, it sounds like I sound like a hipster bastard when I say this, but <laughs> the first time I heard vinyl, right? I was like, oh, I get it. Yeah. You know, like I get sure. what all these different layers that you're not, you don't hear when it's compressed. You know, and mm-hmm. and. Uh, and so I completely agree with you. I'm sure I, I'm sure I'll have the uh, the same epiphany if I ever well, if I ever record analog. And, and like I know for a fact that like it, I'm, this is not going to always be this affordable for us. And and I know Tim is right. getting more more popular, more and more busy. I know that he's not going to be able to maintain you know life just charging these like very small amount of this very small amount of money. But like. But like it, it's just a very nice thing to be a part of now. So it's like it's like like you said. It, I'm gonna do do what I what I can do with what I got or whatever. <laughs> whatever yeah, yeah, you got it. <laughs> so like so like I I know like I say it's like we can never go back, but it's like well one day we might have to go back because that's just what's happening but but i think that's that's important too is like allowing yourself to sort of go with the flow and not be stuck on something like i I appreciate that you were like you know what like i could wait for these guys or i can get this shit out of me it's like i'm just gonna do that because it's like why are you gonna hold yourself back for other people and it, it, you know and and i'm sure it came out great so it, it, i didn't even make it to that album yet so because <laughs> I, I was listening to other ones and and fucking it sounds good like i like sonically the songs are, are great um yeah but i just didn't get to the other one i didn't even know you had an acoustic but i like that idea like where you're just like i'm not i'm not gonna fucking hold myself up for anything i'm just gonna get this done and that's just the way it goes, especially now in this day and age of music and and trying to make money off music, which is fucking impossible. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I, I don't even look at it that way anymore. No, man. yeah, I, I don't totally. think I've ever really gotten paid to to do this, and I if I never do, then I mean, so fucking be it. Yeah. Like I said, the goal with art to me is at, at at a certain level, you know, unless you're established or unless you're ascendant or something the goal is to make it exist and you can't really determine what the universe does with it after that. Yeah. Whether people respond, you can put it out. You know, I have, a, I have my one-stop shopping at the band camp and I have a Facebook page. I got this small presence. I'm there. If people want to find me, you know, yeah. but I'm not going to shove it in people's face. This is not what I do. I have a friend who does, uh, he does directs commercials. And I was just talking with him before I, I got on the phone with you here. And he, uh, he was asking me if I wanted to, to like to do a jingle for this uh, <laughs> this uh, subway chain um, that uh, is is a local subway chain for the commercials and uh, and I was like I thought about it and I was like I can I'm I'm pretty sure I can figure out how to do that I've never done it before but uh, but I was like I don't think I'd be right for that man because like the way the only way i will ever make money at this is if is if somebody picks up my stuff and and if i gain a following large enough to where they're all willing to pay me a little something to to continue doing it and i don't i mean 
never say never, but I just I don't know how that would happen at hmm. this point. No, I so. feel you. It, it, it's it's interesting. Uh, would you be opposed to like your stuff being used as in, in commercials? Like your your primitive shine? Would that be something you'd be interested in? I don't know, man. I don't know how my stuff would sell things. Like I just don't know that I have the voice for that. It doesn't. <laughs> it seems to me that stuff in commercials has a real, like, you know, a a, a real vibe to it that my stuff just doesn't doesn't adhere to um hmm. that's not i don't i'm it's i'm not trying to like bad mouth it or anything but like I, no, when no, I think i'm just curious when i think of a song in a commercial i think of like quiet acoustic guitar and like these breathy female indie vocals it sounds like something that you'd you'd hear in a starbucks or something like oh, that you know there you go see you, and, got, you got the ear for this you could do that yeah <laughs> um but uh but i mean i don't know man i don't know how i'd react it, it would really depend on like if i really needed the money or something like that then i would probably i'd be like yeah sell it all you want but it but i i'm really not sure i i so are you that's the sort of i would love to have that problem to be honest <laughs> somebody... well, i mean i you know I, whether or not your music could sell cars or not is not what i was i was curious about i was i was curious about if if that was something if that would be a choice that you would make or if you'd just be like no god that's a sellout that's the lowest form of this or like i'm just more of your opinion on on putting uh music in commercials because because i'll tell you right now that's the goal of a lot of the people i talk to they're just like you know i, I would sell my shit a commercial fuck yeah because I mean, like like 10 years ago, let's say, or back when music was like the music industry was the music industry where private jets and all that shit, uh, you know, like people would always be like, oh, that's selling out, you know, like how dare they, they fucking sold out or, or like when you see the black keys in a, in a fucking Nissan commercial or something. But like today, though, that like I talk to people now and like nobody is like against that. It's like not that. Not that there's not people out there that's against it because it sounds like you're on the fence and I'm not judging you for that. I'm just saying like today's uh, today's uh, the people I talk to are very, very interested in making money off of. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, because that's one of the only ways to do it. Exactly. Now. Or, like I know people that are trying to get their song like on a uh, like the theme song for a TV show or something. Mm -hmm. Um. But I mean, I don't have a problem with people. People can do whatever they want. And like you brought up the Black Keys, I was actually going to mention them because early on they had a six-figure offer to put their music in a commercial, and they turned it down, which is funny because then once they were millionaires, then they started <laughs> selling their socks to everybody. Yeah. So I suppose maybe there's a way to maybe there's a way to have your cake and eat it too. There. Um, yeah, yeah. But, uh, well, they but hit yeah. that level. They hit that level where it's like, fuck it. Who can? Even if people are, even if their fans are turned off by that, it's like, fuck them because like we made our money. This is like we're, it, you know, like I, I don't know if that's how they feel. I, I, you know, I don't know those people, but like I, I could only assume you get to a certain point and you're just like, yeah, bring in more money. Yeah, bring in yeah, that dump yeah, truck full of money and dump that yeah, shit and, off. And, you know, it's like their management is part of the decision making exactly. process then too it's like they're a business then they're a yep. corporation yep. You know? yep. black keys are they went from i mean they're from ohio they're from yeah. akron. akron um and uh they went from i mean bands start off as small businesses and then ones like the black keys 
they're queens of the stone age they're established well-known brands yep. you know they turn into businesses <laughs> black it is keys a ink son <laughs> yeah. not played around <laughs> so so then so then you 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 are on the fence for that reason that you kind of feel like it's a little bit of a sellout you're a little bit of selling your soul is that what you're saying yeah well because you have to keep in mind like the people that i was inspired by that was their mantra you know yeah. they were on like you know like one of my favorite bands ever is Harvey Danger, mm. and uh, they were on uh, when they were on David Letterman. They didn't even want like uh, Paul Schaefer and his band offered to play with them, and they were like, "Yeah, we don't know. That might be a little too commercial." And and then, <laughs> and in hindsight, they were like, "What a bunch of fucking idiots!" Of course, I want Paul Schaefer right. to play. You know? <laughs> so, but so it, you can definitely go too far with it. it I'm just saying, and I'm not saying yes or no. I'm saying I don't know how I would react because nobody's ever, right. ever been that interested in my stuff for me to even think, you know, be, be forced to think that way. I would probably, I mean, depending on the situation, I would probably be inclined to say yes because I mean, just having somebody interested in it is pretty flattering, right? <laughs> right. Um, but I, I mean, it would really, it would really depend. I just, I'm, I don't. It's never happened to me, so I don't. If it's never happened, you don't really know. Yeah, no, but you're, I, you're absolutely this right. Is, this is 2018, and the whole, the whole 1990s thing of all oh, selling out, man, is kind of, is kind of dead because there is no. That's selling out, you know, selling your music that way is the only way to make money off of it in a lot of cases. A lot of cases, yeah, for sure, man. There's it's, nothing wrong with admitting that. Yeah, it, it, it's just a different, it's just a different ball game now, you know. It's just like a totally different game. It, it's, it's weird. And, and it, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think I, ultimately it could be like better though, because I mean, now you got people like like me and you, right, and, and Reina, who are, you know we're doing it, even though we're not expecting any sort of monetary right. gains from it. We're doing it because we want to fucking do it, because we have this. We spent the time writing this stuff, and we want to get it down and, and at least put it out there into the universe. And right, let's just fall where they may. But the fact is, we did our part. You know. Yeah. Exactly. And like today, I, it was, it was, it's, it's nice to hold the physical copy in your hand, even though that physical copy don't really mean shit anymore. That's basically an expensive business card, but, um, the, you know, I, I, I have that. And, and it's like from our brains, like these little electrical pulses shooting around in our head, fucking to like this cardboard and plastic with digital information embedded inside of it. It's like, that that to me always amazes me. It always amazes me when fucking you know you have these this thought and and now it's this reality. You know, like architects, yeah. I'm sure are like, wow, <laughs> like, yeah, that no, must and, be and, amazing. Mean, it's it's it, it is a great feeling to like oh, yeah. like I haven't had physical copies made up since the 30p, but um, but I remember getting those boxes and just holding it, and it's like it's a it's 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 the end result, right? right. You know, and yeah. you're like, here I am feeling this, this, you know, small CD packet or whatever. And, uh, and I, I finished it basically. It's like, yeah. Oh, I get a little dopamine rush. Cause I actually did finish this. <laughs> it's so. something that I finished. Yay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, uh, so what, uh, so how did the, how did the podcast come along then? Like what, what was your interest in, in, in just bullshitting and, and talking onto a microphone? I, uh, which um, the name of the podcast is American Winer, and you can find that. Is that on like iTunes and shit like that, or is it just on? Yeah, if you, I mean, if you Google it, it, it it'll come up. Um, it's uh, it's on because it's through a, a, a 
there's a studio in Detroit called Podcast Detroit, mm-hmm. and it's basically a pod. It is a podcast studio. It's just these two guys that um, started a. They had their own podcast, and then they 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 found there was such a demand. They were renting their studio out to other people mm-hmm. when they weren't in there, and uh, they found there was such a demand for it that they opened opened it up. And now the business has just grown exponentially. I think there's. I mean, they've got a wall full of all these logos of all the podcasts that they're recording there now. Oh, wow. And they've only been around since they started in 2013 and they started like with the building that I'm in now. And I want to say 2015 or 2016. Is that, is that the, is that like an old warehouse building that used to be like a fucking automobile warehouse? They started in that. That's the Detroit industrial center, which is right next to where I work now. Oh, okay. Um, but uh, they're not in there anymore. They have two locations. There's one in Royal Oak, which is the sort of the home base, which is where, that's where I record out of, and, and that's where most of the, the shows record out of. They got uh, four studios in, in there. And um, and then they got another one down at the Detroit Shipping Company, which is behind the Masonic Temple, and they've got another mm. studio in, in, in the Detroit Shipping Company that also has... Uh, wow, they uh, got two studios going. What's the name of the dudes? Or what's the name of the people uh, in charge? Uh, it's uh, Dave Phillips and Bob Waltonspiel. Okay, okay. Uh, yeah. they're, they're, and their podcast is uh, IT and the D, and that's like, that gets hundreds of thousands of listens. They're, they're you know, they made they made it on that thing. I mean, And it's really something, too, because, like, they don't make a living off that, right? They still have their day jobs. They have their other businesses and things. Um and and they have a legit audience like they you know they get hundreds of thousands of listens so wow that's awesome at least i think that the last time i checked i I hope i'm not i hope i'm not inadvertently lying here but uh (laughs) as far as i know i do know that they have a a very big following they have the biggest following out of and there's some shows like there's another show called this detroit life that gets really good listens my show is pretty small like i get i get maybe on soundcloud I'll, i'll average like like a hundred listens, 150 listens is a lot for me. Mm. Um, so I'm not, uh, you know, particularly, I'm not as established as everybody else, but it also, again, it's just a hobby. Like, and I've interviewed some pretty cool people. Like on this week, my guest is going to be, are you familiar with troll Two, the movie troll Two? troll Two, No, it, it's considered one of the worst movies ever made. They call it the Citizen Kane of bad movies. Oh, but there's a really iconic scene. If you type in Troll 2 to Google, the first thing that's going to come up is Troll 2. Oh, my God. And it's a, in that scene, there's this kid that's it's a horror movie about uh, goblins. There's no trolls in the movie. It's just goblins. But uh, this kid's about to get eaten by the goblins and he screams, oh, my God. And it's, just, it's absolutely hilarious because it's so bad. But um, he's going to be my guest. His name is Darren Ewing, and he's going to be uh, the guest on uh, on the show this week. So I've I you know it's just basically an excuse for me to to talk to people. I started off interviewing local musicians and just friends of mine and things like that, and then lately I've been branching out and sending emails. Like I had Randy Gray from Ashes of Soma on last month. Uh, Chris Sly, who was a finalist on American Idol, was on last month. Um, there's been like a whole there's. The first interview that I got where I really I couldn't believe that I actually got it was a guy named Jeff Martin who used to be in a band a Buffalo based band called This Day and Age, mm. and, um, and I interviewed him almost a year ago. Uh, but as far as how it started, um, I, uh, I have a friend uh, who was on another podcast at that studio, and I was listening to it just on at work, and um, I found out what's that? Oh, nothing, nothing. I'm listening. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, he uh, 
he was on this other podcast and I found out about the studio and, and about six months later when I got off, uh, when I, I found another job where I wouldn't have to travel and I knew I was going to be staying in the area more. Um, I went and met Dave and said, Hey, I'm interested in starting something. And then he said, yeah, here's, here's what you do. It's 25 bucks an hour to rent the studio. You just pick a time and, and get us a logo and a synopsis of what you want to talk about. And then the rest is on you. And so I started and I've been doing it. Uh, I, I started bi-weekly. I did that like bi-weekly for like two months and then I started doing it weekly and, and that's where I've been since then. And now it's on Wednesday nights, uh, except for special occasions like this week when it's on, uh, it'll be on Saturday night, uh, this, this upcoming week here. But, um, so yeah, it's been a blast. So it's also all on a live stream as well. Yep. They stream it live, uh, through the, the website, the podcast Detroit website, and then it's recorded and then it goes out on all the various like iTunes and SoundCloud and and all the rest of that. So that's dope. And and so they do the editing as well, or you have to do the editing. Yep, they edit it. We just uh, I basically just show up. They have board ops that you can use, or you can run the show on your own. Um, that was another thing. The board op that that I have. Um, I I'd known her for about uh, a year prior to actually we've just met randomly through facebook and then she turned out to work for podcast detroit hmm. um so that's kind of cool but uh i i you can have a board op or you can just if you want it's really easy to run the, the shows yourself sometimes i do run my own board um which is just basically a laptop and then a, a uh you know a uh oh what the heck is it called why can't i think of what it's called right now with the the pots and everything oh mixer? you know the board the soundboard yeah the mixer that's what it is um and uh and so that's that's basically the setup yeah it's it's a great great business model man and like i said when i started they had the three studios in the one building in royal oak now they've got the four studios in the royal oak building plus the detroit shipping company wow so they, they have been expanding like crazy and i and i i wouldn't be surprised if they open something else up uh, at some point soon so I, I had um I had a guest on who had a podcast network as well, and it was out of that industrial building. Um, I don't even know what side of town that's on, but I went up there a couple times and talked to um a guy up there named uh, T Money Green, and uh, and that's how I met his uh, the guy because he does his own podcast and T Money Green used to play bass on all those old. Um, uh, all the, all the, like, uh, he played bass on doggy style, like Snoop Dogg's doggy style. He plays bass on, uh, regulators. He plays bass on, so he has like, he's like this bassist who is just studio bassist, um, uh, just for death row records back in the day. And, and, wow. like, and like, he's like, yeah, they never like credited me for anything. So I had to actually go and, and like get this money himself. Like he had to go file his own papers to get like royalties because they didn't know what the fuck they were really doing. You know, like it was just ran by a bunch of gangster ass motherfuckers and not well, yeah, that fucking killed people. I mean, <laughs> right. Literally. Like, so, caught running. Isn't that Suge Knight? Isn't that Suge Knight? That exactly. Like, yeah. Up. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Suge Knight. Yeah. I mean, he got caught running some dude over. So <laughs> yeah, yeah I mean, he's a bunch of murderers. He got, did he get his money? Did he get his money? He or? does. You know, he right now, his kids, him and his kids, they all work together and dig uh, for all the recordings he did. Cause he did hundreds, and hundreds of studio sessions where there's samples of his playing and like those samples get sampled and and so like now he's hunting all this money down and so 
his kids he basically employed his kids to go find his money but he, he was a great talk because he was also in this band called the dramatics who is a very uh popular uh, uh 60s like doo-wop band or and they kind of went through the 80s and like he was like you you know it's bad when we're on the freeway going from one gig to another and like fucking smoking free bass on the way to the gig <laughs> and he's like because <laughs> he, he was like we're playing uh we're playing stadiums and shit and then you know a few years later and everybody's addicted to drugs you know we're playing these little ass fair events and we're driving this little minivan down the fucking highway and if you're in a, another car all you'd see is like the spark of a lighter go psh- and like everybody taking turns free basing in the fucking minivan on the way to their shitty farm gig or not and then farm. somebody gets lit on fire <laughs> yeah it, it was great but that's who i thought you were talking about because he has i can't remember what it's called i think it's called like podcast not podcast detroit maybe it's detroit podcast one or something but like it's so i'll, I'll ask him man, cause maybe that maybe dave and bob know him and like maybe he was part of the genesis of it or something i don't know I, i'll ask about i've never heard his the name before I wish but I um i will definitely ask them the next time i see them i'm trying to remember what the fucking name of that fucking the, his thing is because it's gonna bother me now so i'm just looking it up now so please <laughs> yeah i, I want to know uh, that would be funny if because uh, they definitely did start and as I mean, maybe they weren't the only one in the in the Detroit Industrial Center, but uh, but I think that would be it's quite a uh, quite a coincidence if there's that, if they're both. That's what, if it was, when did he start that? Like, what year was that? You know, he, he was, had his own podcast because he had a video game podcast that did really well in the beginning. But he was like, it was like so early in the game because he started around like 2007, 2008, like right at the beginning, you know. And, oh yeah, and uh, he had a very popular one, but like there was no money in it then, so he just sort of stopped doing it. Yeah. But like, dude, he's got bass in your face. Yeah, I know that podcast. Yeah, uh, Olin yeah. Olin Ezra that is podcast Detroit man. That's the same one. Yep, that's the same one. Are you sure? Because his name is Olin Ezra, and his his company is called Tap Detroit. Tap Detroit. Well, uh, T Money. I thought you were talking about T Money Green. Oh well, T Money. Yeah, he. Uh, yeah, bass in your face. Yeah, because he's a bass player. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And fucking. Uh, yes, and his the name of his show is actually called Five XL, because I think I think I think Tony's Five X. I think that's his shirt size. Because <laughs> Tony's <laughs> Tony's a big 5XL. dude. He's a fucking. He's cool as fuck though. He's like a real smooth motherfucker. Um. Anyway, so like, so the podcast was just sort of something you just did on a whim. I mean, because you have a very natural way of just sort of digging around with people. Like, was it was that something that you had to learn, or have you always been able to just because because like you'll get right to it. Like, I, I I like the way that you handle your podcast. It's like you have your opener, your little like podcast Detroit opener that they put on the top of it, and then it's just like, hey guys, hope you're doing well. It's snowing. All right, let's talk to this guy, <laughs> and and well, you're right yeah, into it, that, and it's very natural. Because, well, it's it's just because I only have an hour. That's, right. that's mainly so that's, that's a lot of it, gotcha. and I want to get to a lot. But the other thing is, just I can I can never think of anything to say off the top. Yeah. So I always just get I just jump right into it, so I don't have to to babble too much. But like it's funny because in the first couple episodes, I tried it. And it just, it, I mean, I haven't listened to it in a while, so maybe it's not as bad as I remember, but, uh, it, I don't remember it being any good. And in fact, there was for like the first year, I, I would ask people like, what should my sign off be? Cause I don't know how to end the fucking thing. And, and <laughs> so that was another thing. And now I just say, this has been American Water on podcast, but, uh, 
I even though that was that should have been obvious to me, uh, <laughs> took me it took me a good year and like a two months or something to uh, get it to, to finally get that. I just thought there would be something cooler to say, you know, like yeah, Drew and Mike. I don't know if you're familiar with Drew and Mike. They used to no. be on um, on uh, the Riff in Detroit. They would go, "Thank you, Detroit," at the end of every every show. Yeah, and then they'd, they'd have play out playoff uh, music, but um. So I, I was hoping something like that would come to me, but now, but it never did. So <laughs> it never did. <laughs> well, it, that's okay because like the meat of it is, is interesting be, because like like you go right into it and and you're like and even though you kind of have like a very like uh, monotone kind of thing going on and and I'm not trying to shit on you or any in any kind of way, I, but like you're just like hey, here I am. So how was, you know, like, what were you into when you were a kid? You know, like, but, but it's interesting. It's enthralling. And, and I'm not sure what it is, but like, it's definitely, <laughs> you're in it. I, I like that. I really like that approach. And actually I started doing that because I used to do these long fucking drawn out things. And, and, and the way that I talk and the way that I sort of like uh free, just because I'll just do like kind of not free association, but like uh I'll just start talking and like whatever kind of came out, came out and I never really edited it. I, I went edit it to make it. So like sometimes I would just be talking and, and depending on if I was super caffeinated, I'd just get to a point and then not finish a point and then I'd be moving on. I'd be like, oh yeah, and that reminds me of this world motherfucker. You know, like it would just be all over, all over the place and sporadic. So I uh, I stopped doing that because I just <laughs> I just and I wouldn't and and you know what like when I would send when I when I post these out on SoundCloud you have a timestamp act uh, uh option where you can start it where you want and I noticed I finally noticed I was like you know I always put these out on Facebook timestamp to where exactly I want to start which is right at the beginning of the interview because I would be like kind of not ashamed, but like just sort of like my intros are kind of shitty. And so for a hundred and like fifty episodes, <laughs> I've just been torturing myself with these shitty intros and not like getting the point. Like, hey, you're not that good at just talking on a mic by yourself. Maybe you should just sort of not do that. And my wife also said it was shitty as well. So. <laughs> Well, if your wife says it, that's what, but, but dude, like, I wouldn't say, like, I mean, I listened to your, uh, your interview with, um, uh, the singer songwriter, the most recent one, Joe, oh, Joe, Joe Woods. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, and I mean, I didn't even, I thought that it came off pretty damn natural. Like I, the intro or whatever, it just sounds oh. like, like even like, you know, like the conversation that we're having here, you just started off on, you know, we were talking about hoarding and it, and it totally worked, you know? Right. So, I mean, I, for me, like, <clears throat> excuse me, the, the reason that, you know, I, I jump right into it is first of all, I'm not the show, you know, the, the interview yeah. that the person I'm interviewing is the show. And, uh, and I only have an hour to get his, to get a life story out of him. And a lot of the times I want to get even more than that. Right. So I just, I don't, I, I, I don't, I try not to waste any time. And I just, but I think that, I mean, that's what podcasting is for, right? Like, in fact, I mean, like you listen to the, the top podcasts like Joe Rogan and Mark Marin and all those guys, that's exact. They do the same thing with that you do, which is they they'll just start recording. Yeah. And well, and I mean, that's who I stole my to. process from. Like it's like I just oh, listen. Really? Well, yeah. I mean, like it's not like 
Uh, I mean, because, like, there's tons of shows that just start. Like, fuck it. Like, Pete Holmes' show, You Made It Weird is the same way. And, like, Chris Hardwick's show is the same way. Did people would just come into a room and, like, they're like, wait, are we recording right now? And, and that's just, and I like that because, because there's something that happens with people when you're like, okay, we're recording now. And then all of a sudden, like, it, something changes. The room shifts, right? Like, true, all of yeah. a sudden, the fucking red light's on and, and fucking you're on. You're on the spot. But if you walk into a situation where you're sort of already in this conversation where you just sort of it's like the microphone sort of just gets dipped into like the middle of this conversation. And you just sort of pick up wherever it, it, it captures and, and like people people don't realize that it's happening. And so that whole uh, the whole like it's recording thing kind of goes out the window because you've already engaged in this natural approach. You know, you've already you've already just started shooting the shit. And and, yeah, and then by yeah. the time they're like, oh, are we recording? It's like it's too late because the vibe has already been set. So like it, it's too late. I've already put my spell on you, bitch ass. It's you're mine now. So not 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 that you're a bitch ass. I'm sorry. That not no, no. any of my guests were bitch asses. This interview is over. Uh, <laughs> like, but, uh, no man, because I I wish I could do that. To be honest with you, when I first started, I wish that there was because it's broken down hourly right with the studio i i have to start you right, know at the yeah top of the hour for sure so I, I have to be like okay you know we, we're gonna do two minutes of music then i'll bring you in but like i mean i don't it was interesting too because i was talking to you at the beginning of the, the conversation and i was i feel like i was one way and then when i realized we were recording when you when i asked you yeah i got more like animated you did and i didn't do that uh you know, consciously, that's just something that that happens. It's like, oh shit, I'm on. I gotta be right, smart. right. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna put it. But that, but you know what I noticed with that too. I noticed people who spend time in front of a mic, they'll do that. Uh, I mean, like people performers, because I talk to mostly musicians and shit. They they kind of do that once once they do realize it. But like once they do realize that we're recording, they do kind of like, oh okay, and they do kind of change. But it. But like I said, it's too late because we're already in this flow. Like we're already locked into this flow, and and you did become more anime, and you were like, oh yeah, I'm on. But I do see that with with uh, people who are on mics a lot because I I like to talk to other podcasters because I think it's fun. It's fun that two people who like to talk and have conversation fucking have a conversation. Um, yeah. <laughs> but well, dude, I got. I'll say right now, like you should come on American Winer. Like, oh, dude, I'll, we'll get a date and like you can call in and we'll we'll do this again. Dude, I'll <laughs> come. I'll come up, man. I, I don't mind driving. Oh, up okay. There. We we uh we always uh it's just I couldn't do it this week. I because like this week is because like I said, we decided that this was the week and like we already sort of. <sighs> Like I have like my sister's birthdays tomorrow, and then there's other shit. So like I was just like I gotta get oh, this just, done. So I yeah, I just, man, no, I'm, I would have came up. Like I'm 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 booked up until the end of the month anyway. No, so no, that, it's that cool. I I'm just yeah. I was just saying like fucking um I would have drove up to talk to you if, if there was if I didn't get bombarded oh, with the, all the uh, for us. Yes, I would have oh, okay. I would have came up there to because I don't mind driving places to just chat because because there is a different vibe between you know two people staring into each other's eyes and and you know communicating exchanging you know you know vibrations and then and then there's the the phone which we are exchanging but you know there's still like sort of a like i can't see your face i can't you know like you can't see those little those those facial movements that inform you know vibes and and like meaning and intent i don't know yeah well i am naked right now too. well so thank god for that <laughs> 
so so like uh, i heard the one where you had a comedian on and like i just thought that was great because he was talking about richard jenner i think that was your last one that's actually been out i'm not uh, if i'm not uh, well actually that was way back in october uh oh. november november well, i was he he i work at a haunted house that he runs oh and no. it's so funny that you listen to that because that is the one show where a guy was dropping the n-word like he said it like three or four times and i was like and, and i mean he wasn't saying it maliciously or anything he was talking about i think one was a richard Pryor. yes oh like yeah that, but, that's but right. he said it he didn't he didn't say the n-word right i was like oh, like okay but um but that's funny that that's the one that because that's that that's like you just clicked on a random one and, and that just happened to be it so that, yeah funny. but but for me like um but for me i could because like i i came into listening to podcasts listening mark Marin was the first one i've ever listened to and where i would like lock yeah, in here. i was like oh my god podcasts are incredible and then i i slowly moved out to where i'm at now where it's just a mess but um it's it, that that whole fucking um the comedian the the whole comedian thing i i love because and i have that perspective of uh i i like comedy so i have that perspective of like that guy had, had no male intent behind that word that he used no no you no, know no, what no i mean no, like no. he it's, was just using it just to inform us like you know i think he i think he was naming a record or something of richard Pryor's or, or some shit like that but it wasn't it wasn't like he was like god damn mur, mur, you know yeah he wasn't the people that like that you said go to school with your kids so that's, that's, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and, and he and his his name is Ken Evans, and he's he's a really he's a he's a road comedian. Like yeah. he goes out and does and tours as a comedian. That's his. Uh, he has, I think he said he also does interior design, which is <laughs> I think it's funny. Like you know, that's funny that he's a comedian, and that's also his other job. Right. Uh, but then he also runs this uh, haunted house in uh, Fowlerville, Michigan, um, and uh, and I've I've known him since I was twenty. And I just happened to do it. I, I, I did that haunted house when I was in college. And then this year was the first time since college that I, I was able, I had a schedule or I was able to do it again. And that's a, that's such a fucking blast to, to act like that. Um, you know, and scare people. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. No, <laughs> so, but he's, uh, he's a really good guy. And, and that was a really great interview. Yeah. Time. That was a great episode. Okay. Like, and that's the first one I clicked on. And I was like, Oh, I was like, that's awesome. Like, cause, cause like I said, I, I clicked on no filler. Just here we go. We're in it. And I was like, that's fucking incredible. And like, I think it was about that time when I listened to it, my wife, cause my wife says, Hey, I go to school with this guy or I'm going to school. Yeah. <laughs> She, you guys took a class together at the Purple Rose, which is a pretty well-renowned theater around the area here. Um, and uh, you guys sort of met there, and then she told me about it, and so I listened because I, I was like, oh yeah, another podcaster, and I always like to reach out to podcasters around me because I just I like that. I like, I like, uh, I, I not only do I like talking to them, but I like to be able to like you know. You know, promote other people's stuff because I, I just feel I love this medium. I love that that it's so fucking. Anyways, <laughs> I'm getting off topic, which now I can't remember what I was talking about. What the fuck were we talking about? I, I'm not even sure, man. But no, I'm enjoying this. this Rampling. Is, that's what happened. That's what happened. It's happens. so nice to talk to somebody for longer than an hour too. Like to just oh. to just go and not be worried 
you know too much about yeah. it's like oh let's talk about this now let's the talk parameter about that. yeah parameters are, are shaky for me and luckily i i'm able to do everything in-house so like i can fucking edit it and do all of it myself so my cost is relatively low other than like hosting my website and and the actual audio and shit so it, it's it's uh it's fun so what is that do you have to you don't have to pay for hosting then you just fucking give them the 25 dollars for that hour and you're good yep that's that's wow. it i just I show up and they they run the rest and I think that's the genius of their business models. Right. They just all you have to do is run the show and and uh, like and by run the show I mean like you put together right. the show. You get your guests, you decide what you're going to talk about, and you actually do it. But everything else they take care of. Um, yeah, that's so, genius. What? So, but, but I mean, you're doing. You know, you've got a you've got a, a good following going, man. I mean, I saw from your SoundCloud. I mean, you're getting you know a thousand listens on average you know well, if not more and, and i mean that's a good that's a good listenership right there it's it's decent but like it's not money making fuck it so like okay so i know i know how we were talking about how like you know i don't do this for money but like i am a musician and and like this is how i make <laughs> music is how i make a living the podcast is like my hobby but mm-hmm. i i i do want to I do want to make money off of it because it's like, fuck, dude, it's hard out here on the streets for a musician, man. This ain't, yeah, ain't no yeah. job. I wish I didn't need a day job, man. Day <clears throat> jobs are so soul killing, but uh, no, it's, but it's what you, you you do it you do it one way or the other. Well, you, know, you, you gotta you do what you you gotta do you gotta do what you do with what you got, right? Or yes, do exactly. Do yeah. do what you want. You gotta, You're gonna have to. You should. I'll, I'll I'll I'm gonna find that movie and I'll send you a copy of that. <laughs> You should, you could show it to your kid. <laughs> like, look, you gotta do what you gotta do with what you got, baby. That's the only way we can move forward here. So, like, with with uh, with, what how how did you go into your show? How did you have it structured in your mind? Like, like how like because I have only heard a couple episodes, so I I don't know how the lineage went. But like, was it a learning curve for you? Like, were you pretty well uh, adjusted to like I got an hour, and so I got my questions? Or how how much do you prep? Like, I I'm just curious. Like, what goes into it for you? Well, I I knew like right away that like because um, I I went to. Uh, college for radio and tv production so i'd already kind of had like some experience on you know just planning and things like that um but i knew uh like pretty early on like like i'm like okay i'm not too worried about the interview itself because they're going to be doing most of the talking and as long as i have more questions than i think i need i'll i know i can fill the hour yeah um but the, the show is called American Winer because originally I would ask, I would do the interview about the person's life and career. And then I would ask him, what do you want to whine about? <laughs> and I, I stopped doing that last summer because I, I did it for over a year and I just never got the conversation would just kind of die mm. when I would, even if we were having a really good interview about, oh. about their, about them, I would ask him and, and even if they had it like an answer planned, uh, it still wouldn't it just the conversation would just die off and and they'd be like you know i really hate gyms or like (laughs) i have this thing where the the i call it the three t's which were the most common topics it was uh trump uh twitter and traffic it was like (laughs) one of you nine times out of ten was one of those three things which is fine i mean they're all worthy of whining about but um (laughs) but uh but it's just i i learned basically and i said this in the very first episode too i said you know, adults aren't supposed to whine. So people, even if, even though everybody does it, you know, all the time, when you have a microphone in front of you and you're trying, like you said earlier, 
when you know you're on, you kind of it's it's harder to behave in a way that makes you come off as childish or any or you know right. you want to make look good, right? And whining, you don't look good when you whine. <laughs> So I, I just stopped doing that because I, I was like, well, fuck it. I like the name. I think the name for the show is I like that. But yeah. uh, as far I won't ask people what they want to whine about. I'll just focus on because by then I'd, I'd had the interview locked down, too. Like I always start off with, the, you know, like you said, their their childhood. And, you know, because because that's that's another thing that Mark Marin does right. really well. And and, and um, uh, I guess Joe Rogan doesn't really do it a lot. No. but. Uh, he uh, he talks about like who they were growing up and all, and that's that's vital information, mm-hmm. you know. And a lot of these people that I'm interviewing, like uh, I I'd never heard them talk about that stuff. And you know, some of these people are, you know, internet celebrities, and and you know, I mean, even just these local musicians, or even hell, even friends of mine. The very first guy I interviewed is a guy named Davey Downs, and he was in the Whiskey Pilots. He was one of the guitarists for the Whiskey Pilots, and uh, he's in another band called Two Neck Noose now. Um, but like really heavy metal guy. And I'd never talked to him about his childhood before. Hmm. And so it was really interesting to hear him, you know, tell stories about that. And uh, you get to know people really, really well when you find out what they were like as kids. Yeah, um, for sure, man. You, so, there's, there's a connection there that's not because like you really because that's like some because for some people, childhood I mean, was great, and for some people, that was like really shaped them. You know, like it might have been a hard time. And either yeah. way, you're like you're digging into that. You're digging into someone's past, and and like, have you had have you had like guests where you've really had to work to get information out of them? Where you're just like, uh, what the fuck? Like, it's like talk uh, to a cinder block. <laughs> I not really. Most everybody's. Been, I'm trying to think. Like the people that have been. Like where I was like, okay, I've, I've only had a couple of shows where I was like, okay, I'm cutting this off early because this is just not working. <laughs> but even those weren't terrible. They yeah. were just like, I was just like, okay, we're out of material. Right. Um, again, and, and another thing, the reason that happened is because of the fucking wine question. You know, if I act <laughs> too early or something, I'm like, fuck, I can't fill 20 minutes. Uh, so but, shut but, it down. But the, well, <laughs> the thing is, is like I... One thing that I started doing because I send the questions to the people a week prior, oh, um, so they know what they're going to be hearing. And the, with that list of questions, I ask them, "Is there anything that you do not want me to bring up? Mm. You know, in your past?" And if and most of the time, people are like, "I don't care, man. Well, I'll talk about anything." Right. Um, but like every now and then, you'll you'll hear like, uh, "Don't I don't I'm not going to get into my divorce or you know yeah I, uh, totally. I want to talk about my dad." You I'm know, not going there. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and that helps because that avoids. I don't think there were any real train wrecks, mm. but there were a couple times where I could tell the person was like, "I'm not. I don't want to get into this too much." And then you just steer the conversation. Yeah, away from yeah, it. totally. It's, you know, it's like I'd rather not even. I'd rather not even have to deal with that at all. So well. Yeah. <laughs> I like I always want to lean into that shit, man. I always want to lean into it, but like I don't. But I mean, like when I do, sometimes I'm surprised. I, okay, so I had a guy on. Um, have you ever heard of the band the Mars Volta? Yeah, yeah, love okay. the Mars Volta. Yeah, so like I had Adrian, uh, the saxophone player, on my show, and this was like early in the show. So I was like 40 episodes deep, and I still didn't have my legs yet. And I mean, like I'm just doing okay, but like. I came to the subject of the, the Mars Volta, and I sort of started talking about it because the Mars Volta. I remember there was there was a time when they had a full band, but all they listed was like the Mars Volta is Omar and Cedric, and that's it. And then they had these other bit players, but it turns out that everybody was writing and contributing, 
and that Omar and Cedric were trying to fuck them, but he didn't want to talk about that. And and uh. then like so I backed off of it. So I, the only reason why I know that is because he brought it back up. So it's fucking weird because like you'll kind of press and, and then sometimes fucking guests will just come back and just like spill all the beans because like they just can't wait to fucking tell somebody about how they f- got fucked over in the music industry. But it, it, I don't know. Like there's been a couple cases like that for me. Um, and, and like I, I'll get very serious. Like um, the, my last guest, Joe Woods, we started talking about his drug use and. And like I always got a good in with drug use uh, because uh, it's easy for me because I can relate because I used to be a drug addict. So like it, it makes them more comfortable with the fact of them telling me. But when I release a show, um, he he untagged himself in all of the Facebook posts because he was saying uh. how um, he has to tell his mom that he used to fucking blow lines. <laughs> and so like he did and so so like i have some people and actually it's happened more here in toledo than anywhere where people actually are a little bit are are kind of backpedaling or it's just sort of like is there any way we can edit this out and and i don't ever say no but if it ever came to a thing where it's like well i think that this is a kind of an important part of your story i might fight back but i've never been like no fuck that this is my shit because i never want anybody leaving my podcast or having or or experiencing my having a bad experience with my podcast so i will make changes but have you ever had anybody uh like call you up afterwards and be like hey you gotta take this out or anything like that it it happened once there was a guy uh on um, but it, he wasn't mad or anything. And he just kind of said some things about the industry that he was in that he would rather take out. So mm-hmm. he, all he did was like, he's like, Hey man, I know how to edit this stuff. So if you could just have them send me the thing, I'll do it myself and then just send it back to him. Oh. And they didn't, that was even easier for them. So they were like, Oh, he'll edit the episode for us. Yeah, here you go. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, and so that that's, it's only been once that he wasn't like upset about it. Or yeah. And that's kind of, and that was, it was probably right around when I started asking the, is there anything you don't want to talk about? But, yeah. um, I mean, like, like you mentioned people saying, Oh, I'm not so sure about this. And then they get on and they're like, then they just start going into it. And you're like, well, wait a minute. Like, <laughs> you're like, okay, this is great. But at the same time, like you said, you didn't want to So you, you're kind of in a, in a weird spot there where you're like, I don't want to, I want to ask questions, but I also told them that I wouldn't, you well, know? So I well, know. once the, I think once the fucking dam is broken, it's like all bets are off. And that's when I started digging. Now I was just like, and, and I don't even know what I asked him. I'm sure it was some stupid frivolous questions. Like I have this two time Grammy award winning saxophone player who fucking, who was in one of my favorite all time, all time favorite, most influential bands in my life. And I'm asking them stupid fucking questions about, do you like purposely try to trip people out? Like, are you hoping they're on acid and you're like, want to freak them out? And he's like, no, <laughs> we don't give a fuck about that. Have you ever, have you ever like had episodes like that where you find yourself, you catch yourself during the interview and you're like, I sound way too fucking excited and I'm like fangirling right now and I need to reel it in um, and be professional. No, because, because I'm, because I, I think because I know, because when I'm talking to people, well, like for Adrian, I kind of did. It was for me, it was weird. I even told this weird story at the beginning of the show, like how I was at a Mars Volta show in Los Angeles 
tripping on mushrooms as he was like fucking freaking out freaking me out on the fucking he was like he was playing it was specifically him playing the fucking saxophone like because he he blows fire he it, it's crazy he's like a fucking demon uh, a demon dragon blowing fire and fucking glory all over the audience and like it, it, and i just told this weird story about that at the beginning and so that was like my weirdest thing that uh you know like that was me kind of fanboying out but but because I'm a musician and like because I I kind of just become uh I just sort of become the uh, I, I know how to talk to musicians you know like so it sort of a, has always been sort of natural thing for me to just talk to musicians now it's like uh people who aren't artists that that kind of fucks me up like where I'm not great at talking to them cuz I used to talk to like business owners which I stopped because they're boring as fuck um but like um uh, so like it just depends you know it, it depends on it, like i've never really fangirled i i had i do t i used to say weird story because my show used to be structured way differently because i had my own studio so like they used to come in and it used to be like kind of a talk show they would go sit on a couch that was off camera and off mic i would do an intro with my sidekick and then we'd bring them on and in those intros sometimes i would tell stories that might had something to do with my guest or you know whatever it was i was feeling that day uh, it was just it was just a different show i had like sound effects and shit it was funny uh, it was stupid but <laughs> whatever um, <laughs> but it uh but that was like my moment of being weird and it kind of set a precedence for the show as well so i could be silly and they kind of see that they can come on mic and just joke around and you know sometimes we get serious about shit too uh, that's what i like about the idea of of just sort of going in and 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 i totally i totally stole that from mark Marin starting at the beginning with the kids you know like that whole like how was your childhood i sort of turned it into like what's your lineage of music or what's your lineage of whatever that person does whatever that person's art medium is um, so I start there. So we, I usually start at the beginning, but that usually leaves room for to go anywhere. Just you know how we sort of went everywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and even now, like I don't even know where we really started, but here we are. Um, so what, what, like what, what would you like to see your podcast? Like, what would you like it to become? Like, what, what, what are you actually? What are you working on right now to like? be better at, at your show like is, um, there, is there a weakness that maybe you're trying to like shake right now well i i the, i have a an issue with the the fangirl thing i think oh um, nice uh not not terribly but i when i interviewed randy gray who's i'm not even like a huge ashes of soma fan but he, i was like wow i've been listening to you for you know fifth you know how long like 12 years mm. 12 13 years now and um and I noticed, like, I, I, like you mentioned, you told the story about, like, when I first saw you or whatever. And, and like, I have that problem. I noticed <laughs> I, I want to, like, let them know, like, here's what you've meant to my life. And I, and I know that and I think I've even said a couple of times, like, I know nobody cares. But, you know, if I don't tell you now, I'll never get the chance to again. Right. So, um, so I, I should probably not do that, uh, as, as, you know, uh, but I, I, I don't I haven't done it a lot. So it's I don't think it's a huge deal. But um. What else have I uh, worked on? I, I basically, man, I just, I mean, every time I get out of that studio, there's always something right before I'm getting onto the freeway. It's always right before I get onto the freeway. And I think to myself, oh, I shouldn't have said that. Or, <laughs> oh, man, I, I wish yeah. That's in the cloud forever now. <laughs> that, you know? that, 
so <laughs> but, but it's like by then it's too late like right. I, i'm not gonna ask them to edit anything out it's just like ah, eh, whatever it, it could have been worse it's not like right. if somebody's offended they're offended you know I, i'm it is what it is and um other than that man i just kind of i i want to continue to like i have dream interviews that i want to do it'd be really cool to interview certain people and and i just kind of want to keep climbing the interview ladder you know i want to get talk to more people that have you know uh you know, made an impact in my life and I want to speak to them as people. And like you said, you know, try and get a connection. That's another thing. Like a lot of these, the more famous people that I've had on, it's always been a phone interview mm. um, with a couple exceptions. And, and I noticed, in fact, the first time I had somebody on, his name is John Bomarito, who's a, a DJ at uh, Ann Arbor's 1071. Oh, cool. He's the DJ and uh, he came in. And I noticed that when I was interviewing, I was like the most nervous I'd ever been because <laughs> when you're on the phone with somebody, they're not in front of you, right. like you said, you know, like the connection and seeing him there and like listening to his voice with mine on the show after <laughs> listening to him, you know, for the past 10 years, I was just like, I was just like, wow, this is, this is a good trip. Um, so you kind of have to, you know, center yourself a little bit and be like, for you sure. know, this is not... Nobody else thinks this is big. This is as big a deal as you do, you know. In your <laughs> yeah. Right now, so just shut the fuck up and do your job. Um, yeah. So I, I, I guess those two things would probably be what I would bring up. So, but like, like I said, man, it's just kind of. I just kind of want the train to keep rolling. Yeah, yeah, totally, man. It's just it's such a weird me. Like, like, and it's so confusing to me how this shit works. Like, I, you know, like, like I have the, you know, like my average per episode gets about 2500 hits a, a time but like what what does that even mean like i i get an email every once in a fucking like six months it's weird i don't know like it like i don't know how to even gauge it like there's no engagement on like my there's no real podcast engagement on my like my podcast social media sites it's mo it, like i don't i don't understand how it works i don't know why i moved to the midwest and my numbers doubled like i don't understand understand that like it, it's this really weird medium that just it, it has like endless possibilities but like how where do you even fucking start like i guess you just go you just keep going i i don't know like i just i i'm 160 some episodes into it now and i've been doing it for a few years now and like i don't i don't know what i'm gonna do with it like i hope it grows into something that makes me money that's honestly yeah right that's <laughs> which right. which is me and, and you know like when you have a family and you have a kid, like your your whole like the whole selling out thing shifts into something totally different because you're like, God damn, it'd be great to sell out so my kid can go to a good school and not starve in the streets. Yeah, it's you know? not just about you. It's not just about you. Is what it is. Right, so. right. And so, so now I'm just like, how does this make me money? Like these numbers are fun. That's nice. It's cool to like send it out to people and they get to see. Oh, I guess this will be worth my time. I don't, you know, like I don't know what people think when they get podcasts invites you know like it's like i know what i think but i don't know what they think and, and sometimes they think well podcast get the fuck out of here but it, i mean i guess it's nice for them to see those numbers but like what do those fucking numbers even mean what is that equating to really other than like those numbers are there like it did like i i think my content's decent it, it's something that i've worked hard for but like I, I don't even know what it's, what the fuck does it even mean? Like, how well, you, I mean, yeah, yeah, it's gotta be decent. I mean, you know, you get, <laughs> I mean, if you visualize, visualize for a second, 2,500 people, yeah. you know, do you like to be as a musician? Would you like a 2,500 
you know, person crowd to be playing to once a week, you know, you, of course, I, I would, I mean, if, if I didn't have to move my stuff in, I would love that, you know, <laughs> yeah. so, but, uh, no. no, I'm just kidding. I would move my stuff in for that. <laughs> for 25. But, yeah. But like, yeah. but, but those people are never going to congregate here in, or there, you know, like I don't, you know, like it, it's just, I, 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 I love it. I love doing it and like it, you, I can tell you love doing it too and it's become something have you noticed anything with your like uh, f- with the podcast the more that you did did you notice that like your communication skills with just like regular people did that change for you at all um not not noticeably no I'm hmm. still I'm still pretty much about as awkward as I've, <laughs> as I've always been uh, but a lot of it man is like you know being a square peg in a round hole a lot of the time, yeah. you know, like working at a day job, you're, you're just, you know, it's like, I, I know I'm here because I need to pay my bills, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm thankful for it. Don't get me wrong. I'm thankful for it, you know, but, uh, but you're not being around people that you're, that are kindred spirits has an effect on how you communicate with people, yeah. you know? And, um, so I wouldn't, I haven't noticed my communication skills getting better or worse. Um, I feel like I've gotten better on the podcast. I, when I first started, I would be shaking and nervous and sweating and things. And, and now I just get on and I'm, I'm like, you know, if I fuck it up, I fuck it up, you know? Right. So. Yeah. I mean, like, it's like, I've, I paid for it. I can fuck up if I want to. Yeah. And and for you, it's, it's even better because it's your own, you're, you're, you're the master of your own destiny. You know, I'm kind of at the, once my thing is recorded, it goes into the system and getting them to, I'm sure if I had to, I can, I just send a text and I say, Hey, I need to, you know, we need to edit my, my episode or something. But, uh, but it's for you, you just do it yourself. You know, you can just, yeah. you can do it, you can do it right after we're done here if you want. Yeah, it's so, true. Yeah. Um, so that kind of helps, I think. I, oh yeah, it, it totally helps. It does help. And, and like having that pressure, I feel like that's almost a, a good thing for you, though, because like for someone who is like nervous and like anxious about talking to new people, which I am equal, like I am so fucking terrified every time I start driving to wherever I'm meeting a new person who I've never talked to on a mic. Like I'm fucking terrified. Like I, I like I'm just like, oh, my God, I'm going to fuck this up. But then. But then I gotta like always gotta remind myself is like okay rely on your instinct you've been doing this for years now you're gonna do just fine it's just like that whole idea of talking and meeting new people it freaks me the fuck out I don't like it it's never been my thing but it's something that I, I feel like the podcast has given me have you ever made like a cool connection because of that like something like uh, where like you still talk to that person or like maybe you made a new friend or like uh or like a business opportunity or anything like that has anything like that come out of the show yeah uh john bomarito i still talk to him um and that's that's pretty freaking cool Um, (laughs) he he sends me a list of he has this like i think it's like a mailing list or something where he sends out uh a chart with all the concerts that are coming out, coming up like, and like right down to the local gigs, it's really thorough. And he's been, I've been on that list and he, and you know, like he, I'm going to the Ann Arbor folk festival, the second night of it, uh, at the end of the month here and right around the holidays, he sent it out and he said, Hey, Merry Christmas. And, and we had a little, I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll be down at the Ann Arbor folk festival. And he's like, yeah, I'll be down there too. And I'm like, Oh, maybe I'll see you. And so it's, you know, like I got that. And then, uh, um, trying to think that was the one where i was like because he's been on twice now oh nice and uh and and so 
Uh, and I remember the second time I, I interviewed a, a uh, an artist that he manages. Her name is Amy Petty, and she's a singer songwriter. Um, but uh, but I remember the interview ended, and we got off the air, and he looked at me, and he was like, "Good job." And, I, and you know, it's like to have this professional like say that to you, to me. I was like, "Wow, thank you so much." That's yeah. very nice. Hell yeah, man, for sure. But uh, I'm trying to think like. Everybody else, like I've, I've been. I mean, I, I feel like I could, I could probably email them again, and and uh, and you know they would remember me, and I'd be able to, yeah, to ask them, you know, if if I had a question or something like that. But um, uh, that's probably the one where I was, you know, like I, like I said, I still talk to them, and right. I, I plan on talking to them, and well, and I mean, as far as like new friends and things, I, I, I mean, like I said, I kind of got to know a lot of my existing friends a lot better, and and yeah. hell, there was, there was a. Uh, uh, a, a girl from a band called Elsie Binks. Uh, her name's Erin Erin Acomando. She was on uh, in October of 2017, and then her manager uh, heard the podcast and really liked me, and then ended up inviting me on. And I I did another a podcast with them. Oh, nice! Studio, and we did that for about six months. It was a monthly thing, and it was a live music podcast. We have a band in. It's called Motor City Music Society. Um, that's ended up being on Podcast Detroit uh, too. And, um, so that's another, like, I mean, I wasn't expecting that to happen and that came and, and it's, and it, we, we might pick it up again, uh, if, if time, uh, if time allows. So. Oh, that's dope, man. Oh yeah. No, like I, I, that I, that's what I love about the podcast and, and that's what I've been telling people, especially like people who are like breaking into new markets because, well, as a musician or something like that, like, like for me, because I was coming back here to Toledo, which was never known for a place to make it as a musician. <laughs> the Toledo's yeah. never had that like, wow, you're going to Toledo and fucking rocking out, you know? So like, it's never been that place. But in the re- in the past few years, it's been a place where musicians can work as musicians, and which is a very interesting thing to me because I escaped this place because i knew there was no work here when i left here in the mid 2000s i was like fuck this place like i'm done son and now you know 13 years later i'm back here with my family it's weird but like (laughs) i'm really happy that there's a there's a place for me here and not like i just because i couldn't see myself coming back here and just working at a factory until i died Cause that would, you know, it's sounds terrible, but I would do it. And like, that might still have to be my life one day, you know? And I know that. And that's the thing about being a musician with a family is like, you got to understand that like at any time you have to turn off the musician and go be a factory worker or go be over here. Um, because sometimes shit dries up and that's just the nature of the beast. But that's why you're always going to find new ways to, uh, to uh to to reinvent yourself and that's what the podcast was for me is coming into a new market i interview people this is the only way i'm in a working band now is because of my podcast i i mean i got a record recorded because of my podcast like i've been able to this podcast has given me like it, it, it doesn't pay me but what it's done in just being able to make connections and make new friends. I mean, because I'll see some of these people out in the at the bars and we just pick up right where we left off. It, it's beautiful. It's like it's like you 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 know somebody intimately now, you know? And and now right. when you see them or you have contact with them again, you have this weird connection of just because when's the last time they really sat down with somebody and talked to them for an hour, you know, like really talk to somebody for an hour, just staring them in the eyes and like connecting. 
It's like that shit don't happen. It doesn't happen at all. So it's it's just such an interesting fucking medium to to just sort of express yourself with. Like it's just for me, it's it, it's totally an extension of my music, and that's and that's what's been great about it for me personally, and and yeah, well, personality development. Well, yeah, it, it's it's just it's just getting started too. The podcast yeah. thing. So, I mean, it's gonna it's only gonna grow, and uh, I mean, you look at podcasts Detroit, all the growth that they've had. People really want to do this, and they want to listen to them. You know, for sure. Uh, so it's I mean, you've been. I mean, how long have you been doing this now? I know you're at like 150 episodes. Um, I think like 2015. 2015, I think, is when we so started. Only, only three years. Yeah. I mean, you've been doing this. I mean, if you're still doing it in another 10, it's totally feasible that by then you have an audience that's big enough to, you know, once your audience gets past a certain point, you know, if even if people are just paying a dollar or a couple bucks for the show, that's enough to, you know, get something it might not be the only thing that you you might have to have another job right. or, you know, but between that and your music you know that would be all you need right well so, yeah exactly and and i'm not a greedy person i just want to be comfortable which is yeah yeah no that's that's it's not asking a lot all all that's all i want too man is just you know i just want to make enough money to to live mm-hmm. uh and and spend my time doing what i enjoy doing because that's what otherwise what's life you know what's the point to life you know it's if you're just going to go into a day job and and uh you know like i was on the road a couple of years ago for this i've been in the controls industry for uh six years this uh this summer and i had absolutely no interest in it i am not you know mechanically minded i'm not a math or science guy but i needed a you know, I graduated during the recession. Oh, I worked wow. for hospice for three years, which really sucked. Oh my god, hospice! And, you said? Yeah, I, I worked. Oh uh, I was a I delivered. Uh, I delivered deathbeds basically. Oh for, my for three years. God, and that was dude, a, that's hard. It was really. It was a really. I'm really glad it happened. I did it in my mid twenties. Mm. I met some incredible people. Um, the company I worked for really sucked. They were a bunch of fucking assholes. One of the podcasts actually I did. I don't know the n- number of the episode. Um, I had two of my former coworkers on who were also good friends of mine and we, we reminisced about the job. Um, but, uh, I did that for three years and then I just needed, I wanted out of it. And so I got into this controls thing and, and this has afforded me, you know, I've, I've been able to, to live like an adult, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, which is good. but, uh, but it's, it's like, I don't want to be doing it in 10 years if I, if I can help it, you know, if I yeah. have to, I'm glad that I, I, I have it because it's better to to have something than to not have you know yes but um but at the same time it's like i don't want to i i mentioned i was on the road and i didn't have time for anything because usually the hours in this industry are just crazy it's like 50 60 70 80 hours a, a week and if that's all you're doing and if you come home and you go to sleep and you get right back up and do it again that's the soul killer right there like that was yeah. that was really and i remember when i was on the road i said when I get back home and I get a job that allows where I have free time again, I'm taking advantage. I'm doing fucking everything <laughs> that I wanted to do. I, and so that's where the podcast came from. That's where the music came from. I'm writing. I, I, t- I was taking the acting class. I took the yeah. acting class with, with uh, your wife and, and, uh, and I'm taking another one. You know, I signed oh, up for yeah. another one in uh, at the end of the month here because it's just like you're you, i've realized that your time is what's really valuable your free exactly. time 
For and sure. I'm fortunate enough right now to have a job where I'm only working 40 hours a week generally. Um, and then I have a second job on the weekends, but that's a, that's a whole other story. It's that's a, I do that job out of, out of love and it's, and it's, and it's selling weed. No, I'm just kidding. Well, it's, I, I, I <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's cleaning toilets actually, but it's in a park and it's the job I had when I was in college. So it's, and I, and the people that I work with, I've known since I was since then too. Yeah. And, uh, and they're all good people. And it's just, it's such, it's such a laid back, easy vibe. It's a really good way to make uh, to make some extra money. Hell yeah, um, that's cool, man. But yeah, so it's I mean, but I do remember like being in those those fucking hotel rooms, uh, and uh, and just getting up and going into these factories and just not liking what I was doing and not having any interest in it and just being like, if I not if when yeah. I get out of this, I am so. I'm, I'm going to try and first of all, I'm going to try to never go back unless I absolutely it's, have to. That's like my and, goal. And even then, like, I mean, realizing like I'm an adult now, like I can, you know, I've been an adult for, you know, 11 fucking years. <laughs> but, uh, but it, you kind of slowly come to that thing where you're like, if I wanted to, I could just, just, you know, subside on, on ramen for a couple of months or whatever. Right. You know, there, there are, I don't, I don't have, I'm not married and I don't have any kids. So if I wanted to, I could be irresponsible like that, you know, so I, I kind of have that, that luxury if I really wanted to, to just, if it got to be too much, it's not like I'm living with my parents anymore. It's, it's all on me. So if it got to that point again, where I was like super depressed doing, I could, I could just bail if yeah. I had to, um, yeah. and you have to live with the, the, the results of that decision. Uh, but still it's, if you have to, you can, you can pull your own emergency card and you don't have to answer to anybody except for yourself. Yeah. That, and that's, that's, that's a nice luxury that I, I miss at times, but, uh, but you, but know you get things out of, out of being married with a kid too, that I can't even conceive of. So well, it's, 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 it's cool. No, I, I mean, it's totally awesome. I love it. I love it so much. I love being a dad, but, but, um, my mom's or my stepmom, not my stepmom, my mother-in-law has this fun little saying she likes to say is like, you don't miss the ones you don't have. And, and, and man, I, our, my plan was not to have that, you know, but, but now that I have it, it, it actually has made me, it's forced me to be a better person in general and to like rethink who I am as a person and not just be a, a, a piece of shit who's fucking drunk all the time and fucking, you know, just being a, a dummy. So it, it's, it's straightened me up to a point where I can like, where now I can function in the world without being too weird and 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 i'm i'm mostly responsible and and i like to you know i like to, and now i like to work hard at things that i love doing so it's like i don't know it, it just made me want to work hard for something you know because I, I feel like my the trajectory of my life was like i was only working to sort of just sort of get by and i did music and stuff but it, i didn't take it seriously until i got sober so it was like I got sober and then my wife got pregnant or yeah my wife she was my wife at the time <laughs> he is not a bastard he was uh, born in wet he was born within wedlock um so yeah it, it was just a it, it forced me to rethink how to exist as like a like a as a as a father and as a someone who 
who fucking has a purpose in life, I guess. I mean, it's weird, but other people have always inspired purpose in me. It's never come from within. <laughs> it's, was that was that around 30 when you kind of uh, you made that turnaround? Yeah, it was all at the same time. So it was like it was like okay so my my i got sober my dad died Raina got pregnant and i realized my hair was falling out all at the same and i turned 30 and i turned 30 so on my 30th birthday i was actually standing at the foot of my dad's deathbed just like happy birthday to me like i actually oh, actually i just put out a, a, a video that we recorded at the hospital on my birthday um, I, it was called sad birthday and I just put it up on YouTube, like back in 2013 when all this was going down and like, I, and I just put it back up because I just thought it was so funny. And I was like, wow, that was where my head was. It was me crying on the toilet, eating cake. And my nephew was filming me and we were just like, I had like balloons and a hat on and like, I was, just Oh my eating. God. If you go on I my feel fin- bad, like I want to, like I'm, I'm inclined to laugh, but at the same no, time, no, no, it's I'm, totally I'm not, okay. You know? Look, look, I here, here's something to whine about. You know what I hate? You know what I don't like doing is throwing away my dead dad's garbage. I don't it, that fucking <laughs> that annoys me. I'm whining, I'm fucking whining about my dead dad's garbage. Okay, so I'm, I'm over it. It's all good. That's how, that's how we started this fucking thing. Um, yeah, yeah. Alex, I'm a fucking. We, we're hitting the two hour mark. I, I want to fucking. I I want to thank you so much for coming on the show and chatting it up with me. Uh, how can people find your music? How can people find your podcast? And uh, if there's anything else you want to throw in there, throw that in there too. Yeah, I um I uh well my music um it's at uh, all the albums and EPs I've done are on uh, the primitive shine dot band and it's the primitive shine so it's the primitive like a caveman and then shine like the sun that's the name of the band and uh it's the primitive shine.bandcamp.com and then we're also on we have a facebook page and um uh as far as the podcast uh it's if you just google american winer american winer podcast comes up and then that'll link you to everything but you can go to podcastdetroit.com slash uh I believe it's user slash American Winer, and then uh, we're I I use my SoundCloud as kind of my uh, my home base for that. But then I also have a Facebook page for American Winer. So, um, and then I also do uh, I also do writing. Oh, nice! Um, uh, and I write short stories and stuff. But we can get into that. We'll we'll, we'll get into that another time. So we'll, we'll get we'll, into we'll let's get into that on let's get into that on the podcast that we do on your show. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll make it all about you. We'll yeah. <laughs> we'll have you pay for an hour just so you can talk about yourself on the show, which I'm all about, by the way. <laughs> if you want, um, yeah, man. Um, I'll make sure I put all those links in the show notes so everybody, all you gotta do is click on that shit and it'll take you right to Alex, dude. What the fuck's your last name? I'm so sorry. Like, what is? Oh, you're good. Uh, Berg, B E R G. But I use well, actually, I should say it's it's Berg slide because that's what I use for the for uh, all of my um for both my music and the podcast. I go by Alex Berg slide, which is B E R G S L. E-I, which is my family's real last name. They dropped the S-L-E-I when, when they moved over here from Norway. So Oh, okay. That's oh, that's Nordic. Okay, that's interesting because, like, I heard Berg, and I was like that – and, and and I'm not like I'm not anti-Semitic or anything, but like I just thought like Jewish. <laughs> no, no, I've, I've gotten that before. I have absolutely no problem with 
that. Well, I hope not. God, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I hope no, you're past my, that. My dad actually has like these funny stories where, like, because he's in the you know TV business, right? Oh. And so producers will come up to him and be like, "Well, it's nice to have somebody else from." You know, from from the, the group or whatever, and, and he's like, he has to be like, he's like, actually, actually, actually I'm, I'm Nordic. Catholic, so. Actually, yeah. we sided with the Germans. I don't even think that's true. I, I'm pretty sure that that I just made that up. Uh, no, I think they were neutral. Actually, yeah, I, don't I think, think you're right. They, they were just like, fuck it, we're gonna sit up here and eat our fish. Leave us alone. <laughs> yeah, you guys fight it out. Let us know who wins. Yeah, yeah. we're staying out of that. Um, well, Alex, thank you very much, sir. I appreciate it. You have a wonderful evening, and um, um, and thank you very much for coming on. Yeah, thank you, man. I will uh, text you about um, uh, when I get a date uh, sure. for for American Winer. It'll probably be in early to mid February. That sounds um, great. And I'll I'll talk to you then and say hi to Reina for me. I will, man. Um, and fucking. Um, if we do end up doing your podcast, is there, would there be a way that Raina could come too, or would you just, yeah, yeah, because it's because, uh, the album just came out. So if we're going to go on your show, I'd, we'd, I want to like push the album. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. That'd be, that'd be perfect. And, uh, and that would give me, uh, you know, that that's even more to talk about. So that, that makes filling the hour even easier. So absolutely no problem. Don't worry about it. Hey man, I really appreciate you coming, uh, doing this, man. And I'll send you the link as soon as it's live. Yeah, thanks, man. Thanks for this. Has been a blast. Thanks oh. so much for having me. Awesome, man. You have a great evening. Yeah, you too, Mike. All right, peace. later. Thank you, Alex. I really appreciate you coming on the show, and uh, you know doing your thing uh, i look forward to doing his show next week so this is the sixth i'm doing alex's podcast next week on the 13th so uh, i'll make sure to plug that again go check out american winer and the primitive shine both links are in the show notes you can also check out the we speak english good.net website which has been revamped retooled um uh, check out the new album by Raina Mystique, R-E-I-N-A-M-Y-S-T-I-Q-U-E.com is where you can find your copy of 1018. You can also find it on any streaming service, Spotify, Tidal, YouTube, anywhere you get your music online, you can find it. Um, also, you can write the show at WeSpeakEnglishGood at gmail.com. Let us know what you think, how we're doing, whatever you want to say. Is all good with me. Uh, also, I'm super annoyed and pissed off at my computer. You might notice that this intro sounds like balls. It's because I'm recording it on the fucking laptop mic because my stupid fucking USB port adapter is not working. So I'm very upset right now. And uh, you probably can't tell because I am a professional. But inside, I want to uh, smash holes in the wall, throw the laptop down the fucking basement stairs, and set the house on fire because it's so fucking frustrating. <laughs> so anyways, if you have a fix for that, and I already tried the SMC reset, so don't even fucking think about sending me that shit. But if you have a fix, please email me. We speak English good at gmail.com. That'd be very nice. Anyways, I'm done. Thank you guys for listening. We'll be back with a solo cast. And um, 
Uh, I think, maybe, I don't know. It, it depends on if I can get my fucking voice on uh, in a decent mic onto the laptop. So we'll see how that goes. Anyways, thank you guys. HJ's for everybody. Be good to your fellow human beings. And I'll see you next week. Or solo cast. Or whatever. Whatever. Bye. Fresh.